This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Welcome to Overcome with Justin Wren. I am so excited you're here for this episode. I am drinking right now out of my Walker, Texas Ranger mug. That's like a special one. It's the first one. The first one. Besides the one that Jared Padalecki, Walker, Texas Ranger has. No, that was the one, I think. Yeah. Well, he yeah. said he, him and I both got the first ones. <laughs> so that's that's okay with me. And uh, I'm very grateful because he's a good man. He helped me. First time I got to know him. I, I always love the relationships that I have found through purpose, passion, giving back um, through at least my nonprofit Fight for the Fiat is where I've met a lot of them. And we helped a young man named Raiden. I might even include at the outro uh, a video for at least YouTube where you can see some of the first episodes um, from my Instagram that we did for Raiden. Uh, Raiden was a young man who was very heavily bullied. And I just wanted to be the man that I needed when I was 12 years old. Because he was found writing, I want to kill myself on his forearm after he was jumped in the bathroom one day at the urinal and all the kids at school filmed it. And the next day uh, at um, the bus stop. And so we got to do some incredible stuff, take him to L.A. And Jared was uh, one of the people that really stepped up. Uh, Raiden had watched Supernatural, uh, which was, I don't know, they had like 20 seasons and he's the main character him and Jensen. And yeah, so Raiden lit up like crazy when Jared and Jensen both made him a video and we stayed in contact. Jared's not one of those guys that, that just does something one time. He like follows up, which is big, especially a guy with as big of a name as him from Gilmore girls to supernatural to now Walker, Texas Ranger, the lead actor. And, um, on his birthday, he was FaceTiming us. Uh, he was FaceTiming me and my mom. Uh, and he came in here and was so generous with his time and his story. For me, you know, he shared something that he hasn't shared on a podcast before. I won't ruin that. But he went deep. He uh, shared very authentically. He's very vulnerable. And to me, that's, that's strength. Because for a guy that so seemingly has it all together on the outside, just so many other people. The one that's in front of the lights, camera action for him to open up and to share his, his struggle or, or what he likes to say, what he's dealing with um, and how he overcomes, how, how he is an overcomer and how, and, and he didn't share it in those ways, but that's who I see him as. And he helps others overcome. He has a passion to help people that, that deal with depression, suicide, addiction, and to help them share. Cause that's what, what he learned to do for himself. I think as an actor, you might, um, uh, get used to pretending, right? You get paid to pretend for a living. That's, that's the terminology he used. And so for him to decide to, to stop that, to live a real authentic life, that's big. So, uh, I'm excited as this intro is taken off. Amy, you had something for us. Yeah, I have something for, well, it arrived at our house, right? So we it want did. to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> so you got this letter in this big box of honey from Hickory Tree Farm Apiaries. I guess that's what they call beehive places. Apiaries? Maybe. <laughs> Somebody look that up. I'm supposed to look that up. Uh, so they wrote us this beautiful letter and I'm going to read it and we're going to talk about it. Let's do it. And, um, and then we had a whole bunch of these here, but now I only have one. So we'll talk about that too. All right. So you got this letter um, from Nick and Nicole Kaminsky. 
and they have Hickory Tree Farm Apiaries. I love them. They've always sent me the most encouraging stuff on so Instagram. So you've had a relationship with them for a long time? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, they've always left comments and we've mm-hmm. shared uh, messages back and forth, like just encouraging each other or them, them normally always encouraging me and me saying, thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. So you hadn't tried their honey before. No, no. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, they wrote, sorry, it took us so long to mail you some honey, but I wanted to include some extra special honey for you to share Mm -hmm. the six ounce jar, six ounce jars with the dark honey is in my opinion, the best stuff out there. It is a fall wildflower blend with mostly goldenrod honey in it. The other six ounce jars are filled with honey and a section of comb and honey to enjoy. Comb honey, as you may or may not know, can be eaten as is or spread out on bread, eat the wax or spit it out like chewed gum. We recommend that the chunk honey with the comb in it be kept in the freezer till it's to be eaten. This keeps it from crystallizing. All the honey in this box is raw, non-pasteurized and will crystallize. It will never go bad or spoil and even makes an effective wound dressing and antibacterial ointment. Wow. What? I didn't know that. I know. Isn't that cool? Also included are some skincare and beard products that we make and use on the daily, as well as some of our beeswax food wraps, a plastic 100% biodegradable and reusable food storage wrap, and our cup wraps for covering your favorite beverage and keeping stuff out of it. All residues from wax wraps come off in the dishwasher. Instructions for care are on the back label. Lastly, we have had a long road to travel from 12 years in the Marines to the last seven as a beekeeper. This last winter, we lost nearly every hive we had because of a pesticide hit in Arizona. We went from 40 strong colonies to eight. Feeling defeated and seeing the hives that I rescued from people's walls, queens that I bred, all dead or dying, crawling on the ground, it was an attractive idea to just give up. I was not to be defeated. I shed tears for my losses and looked only to better myself. After this crushing winter loss, I am happy to say that we're blessed now with close to 110 strong, healthy honeybee colonies. Wow. I know. That's great. When we received a blessing, when we receive a blessing, there's joy and relief. But without someone to share that blessing with, one can only receive a fraction of the joy and love. So we're honored to gift you and your friends with this honey, and we're honored to support Fight for the Forgotten with 10% of all sales from Hickory Tree what? Farm Apiaries LLC. Awesome. Only light and love can drive out darkness and mm. evil. I have chills. It makes me cry. Sincerely, Nick and Nicole Kaminsky. Mm. And so I went to their website. If uh, Colton, if you can pull this up. Nick and Look Nicole. At this, That's Justin. a great name for a couple. Look, can you see Hickory their Tree website yeah, on your right monitor? Mm-hmm. Look at this. If you scroll down, they talk about their farm. It's in Michigan. And then look. They what? Have a whole, they have a page about Fight for the Forgotten. Yes. Like a whole, when you <sighs> scroll down, all about Fight for the Forgotten. That's incredible. And like the nicest words about yeah, you and, and all the work 10%. that Fight for the Forgotten does. Yeah. Wow. And I mean. And look, look at him, got my bearded brother. I know. Look at him. I love my brother it. brother from another mother. Thank you so much, <laughs> The Nick. bald version of you, honey. Yeah. Um, and I, Kent so. City, we brought. I brought. Like, cause we were going to talk about it, yeah. but we just got to it this episode. So I brought the box of all the honey and we were like going to give it to guests or mm-hmm. whatever. I just asked Natalie about it and she was like, it's Oh, gone. we devoured it. <laughs> well, they, it's cause it's that good. The, I, I haven't tried this darker honey. We yet. have the dark one left. We have a big, big jar at home. Right. But, uh, but the one with the honeycomb in it, yeah. that has been oh my God, incredible. So good. Uh, mm-hmm. It was so, so good. But but I think if I'm getting the numbers right, what you said was he had 40 hives and they went all the way down to eight. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. That, that's that's brutal. Um, and then they're at 110 now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is that's almost three x what they were in the beginning. They've come back stronger, 
from the brink of defeat. That is mm-hmm. overcoming. That's what this podcast is about. It is. is when you face these hard challenges, sometimes the obstacles, the way you're going to take some licks, you're going to get knocked down to the canvas and like, you have a choice. Am I going to get back up or am I going to stay there? Am I just going to, you know, crawl into a ball? And sometimes we do that and we need, we need some time to, to take some rest, but, but will I rise again? And that is what Nick in Kent city, Michigan has done with Hickory tree farms. And that is so encouraging to me, man, to, 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 to do that, to come back from that, that huge obstacle, almost insurmountable I mean, it, odds, it's heartbreak. Like a, it's a real loss. Cause I mean, those yeah, are living watching, creatures yeah. that you care about, you know, and I, I mean, mean, you're tending to them. That's like, that's like yeah. someone with their, their, you know, their cattle or their chickens yeah, or, for sure. or, uh, I mean, even um, it's like everything we, we living tipsy, and it's like your right? livelihood yeah. and, and they're so crucial to the environment and, and how I can relate this to fight yeah. for the forgotten is pygmies are the pygmy people, whether it's the Mabuti pygmies that I lived with for a year, the F.A. pygmies that name me F.A.O.S.A., uh, the Batwa that are in Uganda that we're working with right now and building the homes. I have always had a mission or like a vision, I would say a vision, and maybe there's a mission coming soon where we help them get honey because honey is a a delicacy to their apprised delicacy that they will risk their lives for. Wow. They, they, yeah, no, I'm not kidding. I believe it. It's the African bees. So it's, those are killer bees. That's what I've always heard. And they climb up these trees with either just a vine wrapped around it and they'll start a small fire at the bottom and they try to get the smoke out that way. Sometimes the, the fire, the smoke doesn't even get up to where the hive is. They risk their lives to get this. They reach their bare hands in and they lay, lower down in a basket, a leaf woven basket. They, they drop those hives of uh, those uh, honeycombs and chunks down there. But when those men, those hunters, those gatherers come back with baskets full of honey. Oh, it's a party. It's a honey party. Oh my God. Party. It is a honey party. Like their honeys literally honey. celebrate them. Yeah. That's how those women look at them. Like honey, honey. you bring me this sweet goodness back. No, it's. It's incredible. And uh, they risk their lives. They get stung all over their bodies for it. Other people, other tribes think they're crazy. Like their neighbors are like, how do they do that? Those things kill you. And they just, they just go through it. They overcome (laughs) to be those heroes coming back with the honey. And what's so funny is I remember one time uh, there's Bajanji and Bajanji is one of the oldest and smallest of the the pygmy men I've ever met. And, And their average height for the men is four foot seven. But Johnji's super small um, and he's he's a bit pudgy for for an older uh, man. And uh, he would always walk, no joke, with a stick and he would tie kind of like a handkerchief or a cloth around the end of the stick. And sure. he'd have a little pep in his step as an <laughs> older man. And he kind of reminded me of Pooh Bear just a little bit. Right. And he loved honey. That's when I made the connection <laughs> was uh, whenever he had all this honey. And those those people that I love, my family. Bajanji, Leo May, uh, Papalando, Sangule, Jippy, like, like these, they, they would cover them. Like they would have honey on their faces and on their bellies and on their hands. Cause they, they didn't save it. Right. They don't, I guess they might not know that it lasts forever. It won't go bad. It'll crystallize. You can mm-hmm. use it. Um, but they just demolish it. <laughs> so to have, uh, a supporter and a donor fight for the forgotten, 
that's giving 10% back. That's, that's similar to joining our fight club, our monthly giving club. Yep. And, and, you know, they were, um, it's veteran owned too, which is really cool. And you can even support them and donate them. They have their store up. And, um, I just want to shout out this hand bomb, which you haven't even touched. Cause I haven't, but I've seen you use it once. I carry it in my bag now and I can't stop using it. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) Can I use it once? Yeah. The be happy hand bomb in the eucalyptus mint is a plus. Wow. A plus. So, um, so yeah, Hickory that, Tree Farm Apiaries. This is badass. And hey, so, thank you for reading that to me. And yeah, babe. For, I mean, um, it's like such a beautiful surprise. Yeah, it is. It's such a gift. Yeah. And for for me, that's what this community overcome. Mm-hmm. This podcast. This is what it's all about: is sharing real life stories. Whether it's a Jared Padalecki who's coming up shortly um, on this episode, or that, that's had, you know, the rise to fame, or if it's a veteran. That- well, one of the things Jared said in the interview too, was about coming together mm-hmm. and like how it gives us this common purpose, yeah. you know, like you were saying about Raiden too, and how yeah. y'all brought together through purpose. We were. And Nick and uh, Nicole, Nikki, thank you so much for choosing Fight for the Forgotten. Thank you for donating your passion, your purpose to us. Thank you for giving us the sweet, sweet honey um, that Hot Pie Studios, where this podcast is hosted, has already demolished and, and taken. Yeah. Apparently uh, we need more. Uh, apparently we need more. And I, I will save those for, for the guest uh, to get those in their hands and to mm-hmm. tell them thank you and to let them know for their honey needs. Yeah. They can come straight to you so and it's supporting Fight for the Forgotten. Um, so I'm glad we could talk about it on the show. Ah, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's been some cool stuff. Doug does art at Doug I does mean, art with the Mike Tyson. I have a uh, feeling this is just the beginning. Me. I mean, yeah. Wow. Well, I love hearing stories like these. Um, me too. And stay tuned because Jared Padalecki shares a very encouraging story. And we also talk about lady boners. Bearded spoiler lady alert. boners. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Get your lady boner on. <laughs> I already did. Eight times. <laughs> Awesome. Well, um, I hope this is a blessing to anyone that hears it. We do talk about some, some things. We have a lot of fun in the episode and there's a lot of positivity and there's hope filled, but there's some heavy stuff too. And I know that, uh, someone needs to hear this. So if you're listening now, please, please stay tuned. Um, and if you like this episode, like share rate review, subscribe anywhere you listen to podcast and that will help the show. Uh, we greatly appreciate it and stick around to the end. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because we, we, we're doing uh, something special at the end here. Well, I appreciate you being here. Uh, I found out something new about you, Jared. You kind? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> should I be nervous? <laughs> well, I, I don't think you should be no, uh, nervous. Actually, I, I sent Amy some of it and she was, she was uh, like, yeah, it makes sense. Um, oh, but do you ever get on Reddit? I do for MMA every day. I- <laughs> and, uh, and there was a new subreddit. I get on MMA. I get on I positive ones. Reddit is like X and subreddit is like triple X. I, I, I have <laughs> I have legitimately, honest God, probably less than 10 times, but I've, I've clicked on links before. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I've been on Reddit basically every day yeah. for MMA news and yeah. there's fighters that are on it. We used to have something called the underground, like Joe Rogan was on it. Dana was on it. Uh, on Reddit. Uh, no, it was on something called the underground before Reddit. Oh, I see. And yeah, the, I we were on a forum with threads and yeah. we'd start conversation. we kind of like the underground yeah. insider stuff. Yeah, MMA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I kind of got to know Joe and he got to know me. Mm-hmm. Then I got on the podcast, all that. And, uh, but anyways, when Reddit started, it just took off and it took all the MMA fans there. And then all the other ones are normally negative, but I, yeah. I do follow some positive ones like Reddit 
subreddit ah it's just called ah <laughs> another one that's called humans being bros uh made me smile so try to get the positive okay. ones I right like i like people that. are awesome i think the next fucking level the but, majority of shit that i see i don't know where you're going with this yeah. but the majority of <laughs> links that i've clicked on have been like nude pictures of me that aren't me but are oh, thank god like yeah, some yeah. ripped dude yeah. with my face well you you're know. still a ripped dude i'm, like, I'm not a rip I'm a and i think you're the one of the most popular you and jason momoa on on reddit I love slash momoa, man yeah, yeah he's a lady buddy. lady yeah. boners lady boners is <laughs> yeah. the, the subreddit i found lady out about no, today you don't you have a, oh i see it's pulled a up picture right that's now. up there colton if you want to pull that up it's justin found out about it i found out i just found out about it today i've been on reddit for 10 years he didn't co-found it uh he insisted that he I didn't post all the pictures of you on there to get you on this podcast. Momo's a, Momo's a buddy, man. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I don't he know seems you know like a, a badass dude. He's a good dude. Yeah, um, hatchet thrower. He trains him in Mason. Uh, he's in Australia. He's he was. A, he's a beast, man. Yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a, a good guy. I've known him for years because he was shooting <sighs> battle uh, star, not Stargate star. Something Galactica, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Is that it? Was yeah. he in that? He, he was shooting. No, no, he wasn't. Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman who wears shirts off. Let me look. Well, yeah. Let me take a look. Uh, Game of Thrones. He was shooting Those something. Two, in, I know. Yes, exactly. He was shooting <laughs> yeah. something in Canada, and he and Joe Flanagan. Uh, so we shot Supernatural in Canada, and right when we started, like 2005, 2006, they either lived near us or. Long story short, like you kind of, you know, it is like you kind of just end up meeting people that are kind of in similar industry. And so the Vancouver filming industry at that time in 2005. Stargate Atlantis. That's it. That's it. Yes. And so he and Joe Flanagan were, uh, were shooting that. And so you would just run into each other and go out and he and I became buddies. And that's awesome. And then, uh, I think like eight years ago at Comic-Con, my birthday's in July. Like we were talking about, uh, and Comic-Con San Diego usually happens in July. And so it was my birthday and I don't know, whatever, like, I think once you're past 12 years old, you probably shouldn't really worry about celebrating your birthday, but he had somebody bring out a cake. And so he brought it out to me and uh, they're all saying happy birthday. And stuff. Was he inside the cake? He, he was, he, it was a giant cake. It was a giant <laughs> lady fucking ripped cake. I had my own lady boner. Yeah. As a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah well, the yeah. first thing I saw on that, that, that subreddit of you was you and Jensen and you guys were like having these like goofy, fun smiles. Look like y'all really playful That's together. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you're going to say Super naked. Play. No, no, not okay, naked. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no that, that's was, the other subreddit. I saw no nudity on <laughs> lady not, boners. I'm not judging, man. I'm just there was, inquiring. There was one judging. of you with, uh, I don't know if you were doing like one of the farmer walks or farmer, farmer kids. Okay, that's sure. legit. Yeah, that's legit. Uh, yeah, that's, I pulled it up. Yeah, that's is yeah, it. That's you. There that was, you are. Yeah, that's, that's you, me. right? Yeah, yeah, that's me. That doesn't look that, photoshopped. That's ripped up. Well, that was me pre-COVID before I lost. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I just yeah, got yeah. over. I, I, Justin knows. but I'm I, glad I, you're all right. Yeah, I am all right. I'm still legitimately I, I still feel it and i'm vaccinated um i probably lost like 10 pounds mm. in the last three weeks uh because you you i you can't walk upstairs that, or i can't you know everybody has different reaction um but if i walk up the stairs i kind of sit there for a Get second like, i do man yeah. it's weird and brain fog and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll i'll start a sentence and and i'm my first test was friday the 13th appropriately like bad news on Friday 13th. Uh, it was yeah. my first positive test, me and my kids. Uh, my wife had tested positive the Saturday and Sunday before. Yep. I remember uh, you telling me that. Yeah. You to take care of the kids. Yeah. And so we, 
you know, a, kind of a, a double edged sword. We just buckled down to the house and we're like, all right, well, let's not have anybody around. Let's just hang out with the kids mm-hmm. and jump in the pool or, uh, you know, play basketball or soccer, whatever. Um, but, uh, I don't know where I was going with it, but yeah, that that's what happened. Like you, you, I feel like you shredded the weight, the way that you probably worked. I didn't shred any, those. I didn't shred any good weight. Like yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't losing the, body fat. You know yeah, what I mean? You're losing like, the muscle. Yeah. Cause yeah. you can't, I can't do a pull up without getting winded. And, yeah. When I, when I had malaria, I lost 33 pounds. In five you got it several times though. Yeah. I've had it three <laughs> times. Uh, and I was actually just telling Amy the story. Was that yesterday or two days ago where the, when I had cerebral malaria, mm-hmm. um, so when I lost 33 pounds in five days, I lost a lot in of muscle. five days, five days, Christ. five days. Uh, I had something called black water fever, which meant I couldn't urinate for five full days. And when I did, there was still lost black as a 33 snack. pounds. Yeah. When you weren't couldn't urinate. excreting. Oh, I was, I was vomiting on the other side too, but it was, uh, it was, my vomit became red and green. It was blood and bile. Oh my God. And then, but when I had cerebral malaria, I, I worked really hard. I grew up getting pretty heavily bullied and, uh, or very heavily bullied. Yeah. That's how we connected through Raiden. Yeah. yeah. But You're I had a yeah, speech therapist from kindergarten to sixth grade. Yeah. When I had cerebral malaria, which is parasites in the brain also, as well as the bloodstream. That's terrifying. Uh, my stutter came back and I hadn't had that since I was in middle school. Wow. Um, and so whenever I had COVID and, and then a couple of times after that, it'd be whenever I get really depleted. Like after sparring, but not even taking a headshot, right? Just after sparring, yeah. really tired. Yeah. Very poor rest. Maybe I'm sick too. All yeah. of a sudden, then uh, the stutter would start coming back. No shit. Yeah. Jesus, man. <clears throat> but um, did you take, did you take like Malarone ever? Yeah. Okay. I, I, Mal- still- Malarone's better uh, than what I was taking. I was taking called Mefloquine. Okay. Uh, Me- I recall that. Yeah. Mefloquine's the once a week. And it was developed, I think, out of Sweden or... Switzerland, Switzerland. Okay. And, uh, our military used it, uh, but they've diagnosed wrongly diagnosed according to the military times over a hundred thousand of our soldiers with PTSD. They didn't have PTSD. They never saw action. They were never actually, they were deployed, but they never were in battle. And so they were wondering why these guys were getting PTSD. Well, it was the medications. Mefloquine was giving people brain toxicity. It was called mefloquine toxicity of the brain. So, so basically for my malaria, I had to poison the parasite in my brain, poison my brain. To kill so you're poisoning your brain. brain. Yeah. Jesus. So it was really, it was really rough. I had to go through. So you're only supposed to take one a week, right? Yeah. So then they were giving me these pills, uh, two in the morning, uh, two in at, at lunch and then two at night. I'm taking yeah. six in a day. Now I did that for at least five full days. That's 30, 30 pills and guys that were in the military. We're getting that wrongly diagnosed with PTSD. It was actually methylene toxicity when they only took it for like six months, nine months, and they were doing it just once a week, never had malaria. So now all of a sudden I get you know, I could, I'm, I'm taking like a six month, nine month supply in, in five, five days. days. Yeah. Um, we, 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 uh, the reason I ask, and I don't recall yeah. whether it was mm, Ma- I, the name I remember is Malarone. Malarone's but, really good. Okay. Malarone's really good, yeah. but, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think, the dreams so, and yes, yeah, yes. Crazy so my, psychotic dreams. And, yes. Yeah. My wife and I went our honeymoon in 20. I remember this baby. I promise. Give me a second. Of that. <laughs> uh, 2010, we got married. Um, so 20, like May of 2010, we had like a two part honeymoon and we went and we hiked the Inca trail in Machu Picchu for nice. part. Yeah, it was great. But, the, but it was kind of like, there was a reason, uh, because then we went back to LA where we live at the time, uh, for, two days and then went to Bora Bora. So we were like, well, 
let's like go on a fucking week long hike and get all ripped and then go put our bathing suits on. <laughs> so, but long story short, we, we were, there was one, I think it's Malarone. Yeah. They were like, if you are thinking about getting pregnant or whatever, then don't take, don't take it. Don't take the other one. Don't oh yeah. Yeah. Me- uh, Methylquin. Methylquin. Yeah. So, so we were on Malarone. Right. And before we hiked the Inca trail in Peru, we did, and we worked like a travel company and they had like, well, you can add these three day extensions, mm-hmm. go to the Galapagos, go to Chile, go to Balot. And yeah. we're like, oh, we'll go to the uh, Amazon river Delta in uh, uh, Bolivia. And so we did, and there was this awesome place and you stay in like these tents that there are no walls. It's, it's, there's a bug screen basically. Yep. And you're sleeping, you know, and there are probably 10 tents at yeah. the mosquito net. Mosquito net, yeah. basically, but they're firm. They're, right. they're, yeah, it's a firm uh, screen, but you hear and see everything. And yeah. we saw all nutras and like that little like yeah, giant yeah, the rabbit. rats, yeah, and yeah. monkeys, yeah. and um, and we had been we had been on some. I think we had just a month prior been to Europe, and we had gone to like Dachau, and then we had kind of gone down this rabbit hole of reading about more about World War II. Right. And so we're there, this is a month prior. And so now we're in Bolivia. We're staying in this place that doesn't have any solid walls. You can't see anybody around you. There's no, there's no ambient light. And they also, it's one of those eco retreats where they, they unplug the the master switch or whatever at 7 PM and don't right. turn it on until 7 AM. Right. And you have like lanterns and stuff. <laughs> uh, but we're laying in bed, uh, we're asleep. Um, and it's like 2 AM and my wife wakes up and she's like, <gasps> Hitler's going to get me. Hitler's going to get me. And I fucking shoot awake. And she's having this vivid dream and shaking and sweating and crying. And it lasts for about 30 seconds. And she's like, don't let him take me. Don't let him take me. I'm like, hey, we're we're fine. We're fine. fine." And then she's like, (sighs) and goes back to sleep. And I'm fucking wide awake, terrified because my wife just woke up. She had a night terror. She had a night terror, but she, I guess, got out of her system and was asleep. And I was like, okay, well now all I can think about is all the bugs and (laughs) animals that are right outside of our tent. Like this is a a little scary. But so that was my one experience. Now I didn't have, not that I recall. Yeah. It it affects people differently. So it got her her bad. So I knew these two children that were, or two children that were, kiddos adopted from Brazil mm-hmm. and they were brought to Congo and they were living in a village called Nyankunde, which is like a missions kind of center town, but it yeah. had been ransacked and over 5,000 people were killed there with machetes and machine guns. It was, it was wild. Um, bullet holes all in the, the walls and they stripped the, the lights, any of the lights of the people that used to live there, stripped the cord out of there. So you get the copper wires and Jeez, stuff man. like that. Yeah. But um, these little ones, uh, Laura was my pilot and her little ones uh, were on mefloquin. And is that they, something they do year round in the Congo? So, I mean, malaria will kill you. Um, of it course. kills millions no. of people. Yeah. So, but it, um, so that's something that they, it's like a regiment they're on. Yeah. For, yeah. Trying to be Jesus. a preventative, but it's, yeah, it's not good. Her, uh, this woman's children uh, had psychotic breaks and, and they had to go to Denmark. They had to go to, uh, right around Denmark and other Finland yeah, and try to see some of the best specialists in the world um, over there close to where they developed the drug. Um, and cause it was Sweden or Switzerland, but yeah. they were going around bouncing around Europe trying to get help. 
Yeah. And four or five years later, last I heard was they still hadn't made a recovery um, from it. But lots of people wake up with night terrors, but you never know if it's the malaria drugs or the things that they've been exposed to yeah. and seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but man, uh, talking about gin or do you call it Genevieve? Which one do you normally? I, either it depends it? on if I'm mad or not. Okay. <laughs> Which I, I'm never. When you're mad, mad it's I'm the never full mad name. You, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the kids. Thomas yeah. Colton. So you guys uh, met on set, is that right? We met on set of Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. She had done. So a quick and, you know, uh, eventless backstory for me. I grew up in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, my parents still live in the house. Texas I grew up in. born and bred. Born and bred, man. Very proud Texan. I have a little star. Look at that. Yeah. No, of course no, you would no, be Walker. No, no one no, else was, was creative. You can't have a California uh, kid playing no, Walker. No, 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 no. Uh, but Texas I, Ranger. Exactly. Yeah. And then I wanted to go to, this sounds silly and it kind of sounds self-serving because Austin is now such a uh, hot spot. But like my brother and I and my sister, we all growing up in a simple, modest, loving household in San Antonio, we were all like, man, one of these days we want to be able to like live in Austin. And at the time it was just, it was like the Capitol building and, um, you could go UT. UT, Yeah. And so my sister went to UT, my brother and Barton Springs. So we would come up and go to Barton Springs. We would go, there's a place in Valente beach, um, on, on Travis, on Lake Travis that you could rent a boat for like 20 bucks an hour or something. And so we'd splurge on my dad's birthday, which is in June or mine in July. And we'd come up and we rent a boat for like five hours for a hundred bucks and just drive around Lake Travis, you know, get a tube and stuff like that. And so I, uh, my brother ended up getting a, a basketball scholarship to St. Mary's down in San Antonio. So he didn't go to UT. My, my sister who's younger did. Um, but I was enrolled at UT in 2000 after I graduated in San Antonio. And then I got a role on Gilmore girls. Right. And so at, at the time it was, a, and it was a, such a different world. It was 21 years ago. How and old were you then? Uh, I'm 20, 39 now. I, would, I was 17. 17. I, I was 17. Wow. Yeah. But I was seven. It was like, I was 17. I was turning 18 a month later. So right. it was May or June of 2000. Um, <clears throat> and I remember vividly opening up, my check for the first episode of Gilmore girls. And it was, I remember it for a reason the, I got paid, it was like four days of work. I got paid one, two, three, four. So $1,234. And I was like, I'm the richest motherfucker on the planet. Like dollar, dollar <laughs> bill. It's like UT suck it. Uh, but, it, and then they invited me back and I was like, well, you know, I'm making my, I was on, I was taking student loans and stuff, you know, like we didn't, I didn't grow up with a lot. Uh, I grew up with plenty. I never knew whether we were billionaires or destitute, um, a very happy household and all that. Um, but I was going to do the student loan and grant and scholarship route. And so part of me was like, well, I love acting. Um, this seems to be working. Even if I do like four or five episodes, I'll have five or 6,000 bucks to put towards my student loans. And then Gilmore Girls, I ended up doing it for five years and then did Supernatural to kind of circle back to Jen, Genevieve, yeah. whatever. Um, and we met on season uh, four of Supernatural. Uh, it was like July of 2008. And she was she was like living in New York at the time. And so she would, she would fly home in between. She wasn't a series regular. She was kind of going to be like in a 23 episode season, she was going to do 10, you know? And so she'd come and shoot Thursday, Friday, and then she'd be out on the first flight. And then funny enough, we'd gotten to make 
we had like gotten to know each other and made friends and uh in October so we had known each other for three and a half months um we had, you know, like, I thought she was fucking beautiful and hot and sexy. Yeah, when, when, when the sparks start to fly. Well, they they were flying, but I, there was never really. And also there was, even in 2008, I think I was like, I don't want to be the guy who's like the lead in the show. And there's this little hot starlet guest actress who's like, hey, take you to dinner, stay for breakfast. You know, like I didn't want to do some, I didn't want to feel douchey. But at, by October, we had known each other a few months. I was like, okay, I think she gets that I'm not an asshole or trying to be like, Hey, I'm kind of famous on this show. Um, and so I asked her if she wanted to go to lunch over the weekend. And she was like, uh, I, you know, I, um, I'm heading back to New York. I got some stuff moving or something. I was like, cool, cool. And then like later in the day, she was like, Hey, so about that lunch, uh, I don't have my passport. I lost my passport. I can't leave the country. So if you still want to go get some sweet potato fries, then Let's do it. And so we did. That was your invitation? Sweet potato fries? Yeah, because she was talking about it. Because we, you know, when you like, uh, when you're on set or Uh whatever, they'll have buffets and she just loves sweet potato fries and she's all of 100 pounds. I could have gotten Amy with that, that line for sure. It works. She she loves fries. fries. It works. Sweet potato fries. Take notes, gentlemen. Single gentlemen's out there. Invite the ladies to fries. If if there's anything that's gathered from this podcast. Uh, (laughs) And so we went out for sweet potato fries at lunch and like stayed for dinner. And that's, that's, that was it. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That was in 28. Oh, wow. So how many years? 14? 13. 13, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amy and I have a little bit of a similar story where- We do. It didn't involve sweet potato fries. It didn't involve sweet potato fries, but- Drop the ball, man. Seriously. You're right. But I've I've made up for it with many times over sweet potato fries. Yeah, you have. But I also met her kind of on set. Uh, or at least that's where we, <laughs> well, we met in Sedona. You're right about yeah, that. Yeah, we did. But I came and I did your podcast. Oh, that's true. Right? Yeah. I was here. What? I came and did her podcast. You did my podcast. No. I was her first was guest. was my first guest for my show last yeah. fall. I know. Yeah. Wait, well, he pitched did, it to me. How did that happen? Met. Pitched him being on it or are you doing it? He pitched him being on my podcast. When we <laughs> it's started. a great move. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know who he was. And I was like, okay. And he was like, everyone's saying I should talk to you about your podcast. Well, they so were. Like, here, right. here's, here's, the, here's the question <laughs> uh, inquiring minds want to know. Did he give you his number or like his agent's number? His like, number. His okay, number. that's oh, yeah, that's yeah, at yeah. least yeah. positive. So yeah. you didn't pull like the hey, have your people call me. No, he didn't. Uh, call me. <laughs> that might have been a <laughs> well, turn good. off. That's that good. Yeah, 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 that no. would have <laughs> absolutely been a turn off. <laughs> no, no actually, like, I nah. I met her in Sedona, and mm-hmm. we were doing this like we were in a mastermind group together, and a what, a what uh, like a mastermind like business. It's more of a community of like people uh, that are wanting to make the world better. And Amazing. so, yeah, there's some more actors and yeah. musicians and athletes and Amazing. business people. And we all came together in Sedona and there was this like healing exercise of men and women standing in lines across from each other. So one line of men, one line of women, like a, all like a middle school dance, each other. like a middle school dance. We didn't know who we were <laughs> going to go closer. ask. Yeah. <laughs> but we looked across and they asked us to get really raw, really vulnerable and step forward. If we've ever experienced this certain type of trauma or experience. So it was step forward if you've been bullied. So I step forward, step forward. If you've been a bully, people would step forward, sexual, so all sorts of things, stepping forward and allowing yourself to be seen in 150 people. Yeah, And it, and it was really interesting because the whole point was like that men and women have had the same experiences. And sometimes we feel a disconnect, like, Oh, you don't understand, you know, like you don't get. And so, so really, you were supposed to see the other, uh, the masculine and the feminine. We're supposed to see each other yeah. and really know that we experience. Yeah, and as a boy or girl, yeah, allow yourself to 
invite and healing for, for, yeah. for those things. And when I looked over, we weren't standing across from each other, but we were, she was off to the side and I just, we, you're scanning, you're looking people in the eyes. Yeah. And when I saw her, I just locked eyes. Yeah. I think I had to turn my shoulders to like look at her. Mm-hmm. And then, then he grabs me start throwing people. <laughs> <laughs> start throwing people over my shoulder. <laughs> That's not one but, of his moves, Jared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I was looking at her and yeah. she was just there for it where everyone else had just kind of glanced at. Yeah. But when we locked eyes, I, I couldn't look away. No, couldn't. And she just oh, was sure. staring me down. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and my lips started quivering because she was like looking into my eyes, looking through yeah. my eyes, like into my soul. Yeah. And uh, I started to tear up. And uh, whenever it, one tear dropped, I like looked away and uh, we told my mom the story. And she, my mom says, Amy's the only one in 15 years of professional fighting or wrestling that's ever beaten me in a stare down. <laughs> the only one to ever have me look like, away for dude's not fucking looking away. So, all right, <laughs> let's go. Amazing. Yeah. Let's bring brain on. And then yeah. he finally looked away and I was like, I won. No, <laughs> no then, not really. And then I took her out for sweet potato fries. <laughs> that's the move, man. No, actually, actually though, I, I, people had told me she's got a podcast. You should go be on her show. Cause yeah. I've been on Rogan's a bunch. And so, yeah, yeah. um, I, told her I, I met her and you got to see me as a viking like at the talent yeah, show you got yeah. the mc for this like, like talent show like, uh, everyone's telling me about your podcast you know that and i you know and i was like oh okay well I'm like, who are you? How he was cool. like, I've been on Rogan, you know, eight yeah. times or whatever. And I was oh, like, his name oh, dropping well, like shit. That? Hey, yeah, that's, you did. You that's, threw Rogan in. That's when you know that, that you, well, whatever you, for a, for a, for a modest, humble guy to drop names, you know, he's trying to get somewhere fast. <laughs> it worked. Uh, it worked. No, but, but I, I got to tell her that. I also love your, Austin. I also love your statement of like, she got to see you as a Viking, which means she fucking opened her eyes and looked at you at any yeah, point right. in time, <laughs> any, any point in the day or night. Like, I got dressed, up yeah. <laughs> dressed up in a costume like a he Viking. Did. He wore uh, a Viking on, hat, roller skates. and Roller uh, skates, iridescent roller those skates. Those Vikings, you know, I, I didn't realize how like much the, the Vikings Viking. love rollerblading. Is that uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> you think ice skates. Like, I, I actually probably got on the roller skates. You've never seen me fall. And we've no, been out a lot I have of times. not. But uh, we're getting anyway, way off. We're, we're way, way off topic. No, way off topic. But uh, I, I got to come on the show and right afterwards, uh, like I, I thought, and I really was trying to be professional. Yeah. And, and I mean, I thought she was gorgeous and beautiful too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. right after it, I, on the show, we, we like, I don't know felt like sparks were flying or whatever to me. And I was her, her first guest. And then the team that you just met, yeah. I got to meet all that team after the podcast. Oh, yeah. So I'm meeting all them and I see her getting closer to the door. Like as if she's leaving, I'm like, ah, and so I just go guys time out. And I went yeah. right up and asked her to lunch right after that. How cool, man. And, uh, we went out and got to know each other. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Austin, Austin's not that bad. Austin's I think, great. uh, yeah. I think I want to move to Austin, Texas. <laughs> That's a great spot. Mm-hmm. I love that story. So, Thanks. I love that story. Yeah. Well, um, man, back to your story. Son. Back to you. Yeah, back to you. No, listen, I, 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 Let's I, talk more about us. I, I wear makeup for a living. I'm, not, I'm really not that interesting. No, but what I one thing that I saw was you had started something. I don't know if it was back in like 2015, mm-hmm. but um, uh, it wasn't Never Stop Fighting. Always it was keep, Always Keep Fighting. Always Keep Fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. keep fighting. And, and you had a quote that um, I, I saw you. that was, what is it? There it you is. can just read it, but it's when life beats you down, never give up. Always keep fighting. Yeah. And you guys were supporting, um, she wrote to love in our arms in reverse. And we worked with a few different, uh, charities. Wow. Yeah. And I've, I've, uh, so I 
that was 2015, I believe. And what does and that mean to you always keep fighting? It means, you know, to is it Rumi or Reiki who says no feeling is final? Mm. Um, it's not fighting a la mixed martial arts by any means. It's just sort of, it's a, I think I have a few different kind of beliefs and I, I've, I've proudly been in professional therapy twice a week for five years. Nice. Um, and I don't know if I've ever talked about this publicly, but uh, I think it was that summer in 2015, I, I went to a clinic, uh, a, a, what do you call it? Inpatient yeah. clinic to just figure it out because I would look around me and I had a, you know, beautiful, supportive, kind, loving wife and healthy kids and, a, you know, arguably a successful job and career and this and that. And I still would just, you know, I, I just get alone and cry, you know, like mm -hmm. I just was just sad. And I was like, this isn't making any sense. And my wife and I finally talked and she's like, I want you to look into this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I grew up in San Antonio. It was like, you know, through no fault of my parents or my teachers or my coaches or my friends or whatever. It was sort of like, put some Windex on it and, and toughen up. Yeah. And I, I got good at that. You know what I mean? I got good at that doing, uh, I, I got good at doing that uh, on, on the surface, but there was still a lot going on kind of in my head. And I got to a point where I was, uh, I was having a lot of like, this is kind of, Whatever I'm just gonna be, I got like got to a point where I got, there was like a lot of suicidal ideation, yeah, seeping I've in been there. there. Yeah, uh, I've, I've actually just so you know, I've I've attempted suicide twice in my life, like for real attempts. So I feel you. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's not a it's not fun, um, as you know, right? Uh, and I had kind of been honest. You know, I was in Geneva. Um, we were doing some conventions for supernatural and we were doing like one in Rome and then, or one in London or Birmingham or something. And then it was going to Rome the next week. And I'm a huge watch fan. Like I'm a huge, I love reading about watches, collecting watches, this and that. Um, but I was like, I'm going to go. Jen was for the reason, I think we had a baby or she wasn't there with me. And so I, I needed to film Monday to Friday. And I was like, I'm going to go to the motherland of the watch world. You know, I'm going to go to Geneva, Switzerland. I'm going to go to the museums. Yeah. This and that. And it was such, it was so silly. Like I, so I flew there. I was alone. I was probably still jet lagged and stuff. And, and then I got there and I got there on some like national holiday. And so I think I had 24, 48 hours there. And, um, and so everything was closed yeah, and I was like, it's a sign. Like every, it, like you start looking for, you start making everything a sign. Everything that goes wrong is a sign. It's like, of course, my flight got delayed because I'm a failure or something. Of course, I'm here on a national holiday and I didn't look into it because I'm fucking stupid or whatever it is. And you start just you're looking for signs to to tell you you're a failure, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to going like, hey, shit happens. I'm going to walk around Lake Geneva or, or something. Yeah. Um, and so I was on the phone with some buddies and with Jen and Jen basically said, and, and, and no uncertain terms, like you got to come back. You got to, you got to look at this. You got to take care of this. And look yeah. at this. I did. She saved my life. Um, went back and I don't remember exactly the, the relationship of when the always keep fighting campaign started. But I think the idea was that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough. I, I think for me, whether it was school or, 
things, I'm very fortunate, man. Like things always seem to kind of play out, you know, like my parents are married and love each other and are alive. You know, my, my brother's doing well. My sister's like, everything seems like, oh, it's all working. And so I guess part of me was wired to kind of think like, hey, everything's going to work always, you know, like. And so when something didn't work, I, I let it be so hard. But I was like, oh, it'll it'll fix itself. And s- soon enough, I think always keep fighting was kind of my my motto to myself that like, hey, grab the oar and start rowing the boat. You know, like sometimes the the current isn't just going to put you in a place where you're right. happy and healthy. And uh, and there's a there's a saying that, you know, there there's no feeling is final. But one of my one of my uh, probably my favorite saying is um, pain is mandatory. Suffering is optional. Hmm. And so I think I wanted to I think a lot of people hope that it'll go away. I think what my message to myself was and by virtue of being public about it, my, I guess, opinion to others was that it's fucking painful and it's going to be painful. You don't have to, it's going to be painful. You don't have to let it make you suffer, but you can fight against it. Like take action, you know, as opposed to just being a, a a bystander or something. And so that's kind of the way that that started. Well, I love that. Um, This podcast overcome uh, was started because we, you and I sitting here today with the suicidal ideation Uh and depression, like we have overcome a hundred percent of our darkest days. Yeah, we have. We've survived them. We've overcame them. Now it's time that we can share a light or yeah. or, or share a love with the and world. also like to let people know you're not alone. Yeah, you know, like wherever you are, you, yeah. you can be. So, um, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say you can be you know, a Viking or an actor <laughs> or yeah. anything in between, and go like, no shit sucks, man. Yeah. Like I've been there, and I haven't been through exactly. I, I'm empathetic to what you're going through. I'm sorry you're going through it others have gone through it, like speak up about it. Like yeah. I think part of, and I'm a very proud Texan, very, very proud Texan. I mean, I have a fucking Lone Star <laughs> tattoo. Um, but there is, there is, at least when I grew up in the eighties, um, there's something here that's a bit more like push it down. It'll go away. Yeah. You know, I grew up with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not there to some degree. If it's like, Oh, I sprained my ankle. It'll be better in three days. Then deal with it. But there's, it's trying to find that line of like, this is something I should talk about as opposed to if you're tired and for the first half hour of the day, but you're going to be fine, then, you know, you can push that down because mm-hmm. it'll go away. But if it's something serious going on, like be, I was, I was astonished, you know, cause I think, you know, I did well in school. Uh, I had been doing plays and sports and this and that. And then I went straight from high school to Gilmore Girls, straight from Gilmore Girls to Supernatural. I had done some movies in between. Everything had been going well. I felt like my, and I still to some degree do feel like this, but I feel like, I felt like at least my persona was that of like the guy who just does it, you know, like the skipper will do it, you know, like sort of mm-hmm. feed it to Mikey. He'll lead it. Like I was just up yeah. for whatever. And I wasn't, I was immune to physical or emotional pain and it was bullshit. Yeah. And it's still bullshit. Like yeah. I still get hurt by a lot of stuff. I wonder, I wonder if you feel this. So I always thought fighters and maybe actors too, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, fighters are feelers and maybe actors are, are feelers yeah. too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to get to an emotional state. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think with that, like there's nothing, um, some of the best people I know, like 
Dustin Poirier, how he just raised funds for us. Manny yeah. Pacquiao, he just raised funds with us for us. Jesus. These guys are, these guys are fighters, but that fighter's heart yeah. um, has like a deeper well of compassion a lot of times. Cause a lot of times what they've come up with, but I think also uh, actors like you guys feel into things, you feel into scenes, but you can, whenever you're away from that, for me, I was the youngest guy at the highest level whenever I got yeah. selected on the ultimate fighter. Yeah. And I was fighting at 19 profession at 21. I mean, you were skyrocketed right to, to Gilmore girls and you went from, I mean, maybe just like the local scene to the national scene. I, I felt that on a much smaller scale, but still like 6.8 million people were watching the fights. And so I don't think I've ever had 6.8 million people watch anything I've ever done. So oh, I think, oh. you know what I mean? Well, that, that was ultimate fighters, the biggest season well, ever. It's a, it was a great and season. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah it was, yeah, it was awesome. It. Yeah. And so we were, when we were walking in the grocery store, you know, people taking pictures and yeah. all of a sudden you feel like you're put on this pedestal or this platform that like, oh, I can't fail. I can't let myself. I, yeah. I grew up with a family that my mom and I really tried to help someone that we dearly, desperately loved uh, kind of do an intervention and get them into an inpatient place. Good for you. But the whole family was against it. He just needs to pull Gosh. himself up by the bootstraps yeah. and we yeah. needed a third person with us and nobody from the family would do it except us two. So that person continued in that cycle. Well, so maybe 10, 15 years later, I'm needing to go to rehab and uh, yeah. go get help for my drug addiction. Uh, Oxycontin was, was yeah, my drug of choice. Yeah, and, I heard. Yeah. And so it was, uh, you know, I, I didn't feel like I could open up and tell anybody because now not only do I, did I have the platform of fighting, now I have a nonprofit and I have donors yeah. and I have a board of directors and I have these people I'm trying to help and I'm going to let them down. I'm going to be outcast. I'm going to yeah. be thrown out. No one's going to understand what do I have to complain about now. I've, I've gotten through this and gotten through this. But man, whenever I went through a, a surgery, a divorce, uh, then COVID hit real hard. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was isolated and secluded and just in my feelings and yeah. also the addiction. I went back to that. Whenever I did the addiction uh, or whenever I started to use again, man, it felt like I got put in the deepest rear naked choke. And I, and, and, and my, my, my hands were locked down. I couldn't even fight it. Like yeah. I just thought for sure this is the end this time. Yeah. And so I ended up going to Mexico, um, completely alone by myself and attempting to take my life right down there. And, and thank God I woke up. Um, you failed that. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was five oxy eighties, which is equivalent to 85 milligrams. So like 80, uh, like almost three prescription bottles of it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and somehow I, uh, you know, I, I woke up and I felt a sense in my spirit or in my mind, especially in my heart that like, you're not done yet. Yeah. And, uh, that's not the legacy that I'm going to leave. And if I could relate it to anything, like it's, it's always keep fighting. Yeah. Um, I got this sense that like, I am I'm like you, man, we, every single person listening and he can hear our voice and our story and us opening up yeah, and sharing yeah, about this. Yeah. It's like, we all have a purpose for being here. There's a, there's a reason for the breath in our lungs and we can be grateful for the beating heart in our chest. And there's somebody that we get to, to impact and, yeah. um, we can't do everything for everyone, but we can do something for someone. And we might even be able to do everything we wanted for one person. Right. And that's, that's how we came together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Through Raiden, he was going, I, my, my goal or my what a hope, champ, man what a isn't champ. he awesome dude he's yeah. he's incredible and he um for the audience that doesn't know he he was uh born with autism mm -hmm. um he uh was or, uh, born with uh deaf in his right ear also then found out he had autism the medications they put him on because his family's uh diabetic 
he, um, he gained 110 pounds in about 11 months. So 10 pounds a month, you know, you, you just lost five or 10 pounds in, in three weeks, but yeah. the reverse, can yeah. you imagine just putting it on, putting it on, putting it on. So I could relate to that. Cause I was a, a real heavy set kid yeah. getting picked on for all that. And man, when I saw the videos, uh, like you did of him getting beat up at the urinal and then at the bus stop jumped by numerous people, I cried first, Jim, my executive director told me about it. And he sent me the videos because this this girl to me Emily she's the hero of this story. She was a twelve year old in his in his in his class, and she gave it to her dad because she knew her dad knew Jim, my executive director, who's like my second dad, who who's helped me with fight for the threat in the last nine years. Wow! So that dad got it to Jim. Jim got it to me. And after crying, I was like, "What well, we got with him the next day?" Mm-hmm. And Jim said, "What are you going to do?" And I go, "I don't know. I I just feel like I need to be the guy." that I needed when I was his age. That's incredible, man. Yeah. So I, I I just, I really appreciate you and anyone that, that uses their platform, whether it's you, Manny, Dustin, Joe, those guys that can use their platform for philanthropy or to fight for people to make the world better. Yeah. Um, and be open and transparent like you just were and say, Hey, I, I struggle too. Yeah. Yeah. I think people don't get that, that, that everybody struggles. Everybody's yeah, pain is mandatory. Pain is mandatory. Suffering is optional. I think yeah. also I've been lucky and it sounds like in parts of your life, you've been lucky as well. Yeah. Where somebody sure. has fought for you. Yes. And so that's how I understood because it was being on that pedestal. You'll speak, you speak of it. It's, it was, you know, tangible and, and felt real but you feel like I have to say I'm okay. Nothing's wrong in my life or they'll be upset. Mm. Um, and so you get a certain response from people and you're like, I can't admit that I'm in pain. I can't admit that I'm sad. I can't admit that I'm hurting. And I was gobsmacked and astonished by when I came out and aired my dirty laundry, like the outpouring of love and support and people who fought for me gave me a new, like I see I see the meaning of this world, this planet, this society. We all got to fight for each other. And unfortunately, for some people who maybe are not in a place where they feel comfortable admitting that they could use somebody to fight for them, they hold it back. That's what I did. It sounds like that's what you did. I did. Um, And I I just, I mean, my only kind of wish for everybody out there who might be going through something and being quiet about it is give it a shot. Like you feel yeah. vulnerable. You feel like you're naked at school mm-hmm. going like, Hey, I actually have something going on. My head. my head is doing funny things, even though objectively I realize that it should be perfectly pleased Yeah, because then you see these people coming out of the shadows who are, are fighting for you. You'll, you'll see the opposite as well. And that's unfortunate, especially in the world sure. we live in right now. Um, and that's really difficult. And I, I feel for, for, teens, you know, I have a nine-year-old, seven-year-old, four-year-old, and I think about the world they'll be in in five, 10 years. Um, because, and I still get, you know, like if I, if I mention, you know, I'll, I'll mention, uh, maybe I shouldn't even give this airtime, but whatever, sure. but I'll mention like a, a Kickstarter or a, a, a charity and you'll see that a, a bunch of money is given. And then you'll see like two or three where it's like, well, you make a lot of money. Why don't you give them? And you're like, like it hurts. It still yeah. hurts. You're like, I hate to admit it. Cause I, w- I want to like, part of me wants to punch people and part of me wants to go like, this is, I'm trying to, A, I am giving money as well, but B, yeah. I want Include other people, people to in on it. have that feeling yeah. of giving as well, whether yeah. it's 
30 cents or 30 bucks or whatever yeah. in between. But you feel, I, I feel, I, I, I'm empathetic. I feel bad for the people who that's their response of like, well, you're on TV. Why don't you just do it? I, I'm like, I, I'm going to do it as well. But that's not the point. The yeah. point is like, hey, guys, we can all band together and build up this person or this cause. Yeah. I have a perspective on that just from being a nonprofit founder of yeah. 10 years now. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, we, you know, we've been very fortunate to have thousands of donors from all 50 states and from 60 different countries. No like, way. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, um, but most of those are, are, are one-time gifts, small, yeah, sure. small donors. I mean, we, we have, every month we get like equivalent to like 25 cents in Russian rubles or something like that. Um, uh, from, Amazing. from a, from a monthly giver in our fight club. And I loved seeing those, uh, Great. you know, rubles uh, trans, transferred over. And then, um, I thought that was like a know, movie thing where they say rubles. No, 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 that was it's, legit. It's actually rubles. <laughs> yeah. Ugandan shillings we get. Learn and, something uh, every day. Yeah. All, all sorts of different currency. Um, but, you know, the, it would make it easier if we had one donor that said, hey, you know, here's a million bucks or here's two, two million bucks. But you know what? I don't think it would be as rewarding or fulfilling as seeing an army of people, a tribe Give that believes account. in what you're doing yeah. and that might be working at a restaurant and some of their extra tip or whatever they're, they're giving to you. Because now it's what, now it's what they're doing as well. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, I, that, that one donor that could just write the check and yeah. fund everything. Um, not, I mean, it'd be nice, but sure. we, we, yeah. we, we want, so it would almost rob the blessing for those other people to be able to participate. Agreed. And so our, one of my, one of my favorite fundraising moments was I went and spoke at the, <laughs> whatever city I live in, I normally like go and either speak or volunteer at the rescue mission and the children's hospital. Yeah, yeah. So for the homeless in Denver, no, this wasn't Denver. This was Oklahoma city. And okay. I go and I speak there and I, I just had a blast with the guys. And, uh, then I went, I was invited back to like kind of the, the men and women's night. And then I was invited back when the kids were there. And oh. so, and because kids are growing up in homelessness in Oklahoma city, which is not okay. I saw that the other day. Remember me telling you about that, Amy, yeah. the other day I went under one of the, the, uh, one of the bridges here in Austin yeah. and there was this mom and dad that, I mean, being an addict, you can, if you, if you spot it, you got it kind of thing. And I can oh, see right. these parents mm -hmm. are, are high. And their kid comes out of the the tent and it's nine, he's nine or 10 years old and it's a yeah. hundred degrees outside and he looks tired and yeah. who knows what. But anyways, so I can really empathize. And so, I mean, one of the times I was in ramp, rampant in my addiction, I was in a trailer, um, you know, for weeks and really struggling and suffering to get by. And uh, so anyways, I, I spoke at this Oklahoma city one, three, three different times. They invite me back maybe, I don't know, four or five months later. Mm -hmm. I come down and the guy that was present at all three of these, I think his name was Steve, and he was present at all three. He came, he grabbed me and said, could you come back to my my room? And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. And I, I have a badge on, a, a pro volunteer. So I, I go back there with him and he brings two of the guys back. He goes, this is the guy I've been telling you about. And he the about me and yeah. we get back there and he opens his book and he pulls out a crisp $100 bill. 
is this guy in homelessness, you know? And he said, I've been saving this and saving this and saving this and waiting to see you and waiting to see you. And I had to, I had to get one of the the guys that helped book me there to get me back out there so that he could give me that hundred dollars. And like those kind of moments, I'm just like, yes. You know, you know what I told him at first? I said, Oh man, I can't take this. And, and in his face, I go, Oh, I'm sorry. He goes, I've been saving this for you. I go, sorry, man. I know. I just, I just want you to be able to help yourself too along the way. Mm -hmm. Don't deny yourself help Mm -hmm. before you help someone else. Like you got to help yourself first. That's what I learned at treatment. Yeah. 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 How is that? Cause some people might not have heard this. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Yep. You can't help somebody if you you run out of oxygen. Yeah. You can help them for three seconds. Hey guys, I want to tell you about on it. My favorite supplement. They have been a company that I am blown away by. One, I'm friends with Joe Rogan, Aubrey Marcus, so many of the coaches from Want It to John, all the guys in there. The community that is in that gym is unlike any I've ever experienced, but their supplements, I've been taking them since I was in the Congo living there for a year. The first six months, it was brutal being just, I would say, uh, lacking nutrition and proper diet and living in the elements, sleeping on the ground. And whenever I got a DHL delivery in Uganda, I had to bring it back to Congo. But whenever I had Alpha Brain, whenever I had Shroom Tech, whenever I had some of these other supplements, man, it, it, I felt like it rejuvenated me after I had malaria and I was just so depleted and I was trying to make a recovery so hard. And that's whenever I tried on it for the very first time. And I love it. I still do um, many years later and uh, they've come out with something new. Alpha brain's always been my favorite product, but now they have their focus shot. This tropical flavor one I love as well as the peach. It's really great, but why do I love on it even more? And why am I telling you about them? I'm telling you about them because they're a sponsor of this show, but they're giving to fight for the forgotten. My greatest passion and purpose, the nonprofit that I started 10 years ago. And I'm just so grateful for that. If you go to onit.com and you buy one of the supplements, you can use the discount code uh, overcome the name of this podcast overcome and the dis, uh, the donation button there. If you donate $1, they're going to donate another dollar. It'll become two. If you donate $100, they will donate 100 also. So they're not just a, a product that's all about optimizing uh, you know, your human performance, but they're helping me optimize my life passion and purpose and giving back to the nonprofit I love most, Fight for the Forgotten. So they're truly helping me fight for people. They're helping me make a comeback to fighting I'm working out there, my strength and conditioning, and it's the best of the best of the best that I've ever had. And uh, I'm just so grateful. Uh, Yeah, I'm so grateful too. It's amazing. And just you will not only give back to five for the forgotten, but you get your discount. And if you subscribe, like I've had this alpha brain focus shot page pulled up, they have like a subscribe and save thing. So you can subscribe to it. You get a discount. Mm. You get a discount with overcome as your code. And then you get to give back to five for the forgotten. Yeah. And then they give money to them too. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really great. great. It's, it's great. It, it really is. Like I, whenever they brought this to me, I was like, I was like, whoa, whoa, is this real? Like, like this is awesome. So I, I, I truly, you know, I've, so awesome. I've, I've used their products for seven, eight years. What do you think of these focus shots? I love the focus shots. I, you know uh, what I normal alpha brain doesn't have caffeine in it. And this has a little bit, a little I, bit. I like having caffeine. I like a little, uh, I, I like mean, in 50, 50 isn't 
a small amount, but this is plant bra- plant based caffeine. So you're getting it from like natural green tea you and know, other things like that. I got to tell you, you know what I did? What? I shook it up really good. Uh-huh. And then I split one between my kids' smoothies in the morning. <laughs> there you go. Because they've been so exhausted when they started oh, school. Oh, you're right. And like to help their focus and their energy. Is that mm-hmm. wrong, do you think? No. I think well, it's great. Not, not, I mean, they're going to get caffeine at school, whether it's Coca-Cola. Like, this is great for you. And um, and the way that they were laying on that couch, I mean, zonked out. Like, half their bodies were on the – their feet were on the floor, and they were just like half off. So I think it helps. They're exhausted. Like, so Playing volleyball. And, I mean, they say on here, you know, it promotes focus and energy support. Supports a positive mood state. Good Lord, they need that. We all mm. need that. And helps manage mental stress. We need that too. Yeah. So absolutely. anyway, I just, um, I think there's lots of different ways that you can do it. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I love them. Jared had one to start the show and uh, I did too. And we had a great conversation for me, for this podcast, like these conversations, I want to be really present during um, the new Alpha Brain Black Label. I mean, that is made to get you in your flow state faster and stay there longer. So I I think uh, it's all awesome products. I love them all. Awesome. Well, everybody go to onit.com and enter your code overcome. That's right. And if you'd like to donate, we invite you to join the tribe. That's right. Thank you. That's amazing. It's such a powerful, that's something that actually I, and it maybe is like imposter syndrome or guilt or something that I have, but like if I go out to a restaurant with some friends, my instinct is that like, it's going to be 50 bucks. Like I know this guy doesn't make what I make this girl, you know, she lost her job pandemic. This person just had a dog. It's so I'm just like, I, I want to, um, and it always kind of gives me pause when they're like, no man, like, let us get you. And you're like, no, 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 no. And for me, it's sort of like, I just don't want to, I, I want to ignore it. I still, I still am dealing with that. But when you see somebody be able to contribute yeah. And it's not even about money. It's about like, hey, uh, I'll help you unpack your boxes or whatever time, whatever it is, whatever way you can help. It doesn't have to be dollars yeah, and cents yeah. or rubles or shillings. Yeah. Um, and I know you know that, but just the time, even just a phone call or a text, like yeah. t- taking the time to return a text or email or something going like, I know you got kids. I know you got a job. Like, thanks for taking the time to... Yeah respond to that and well to think about it and and give me your thought process and your perspective and get back to me on it do you know what i think is one of the most important things for people who maybe could say they have similar struggles to you and i at least i know for me Mm -hmm. we want to we want yes we want happiness but i think to get happiness you have to be you have to have purpose you have to be making like progress yeah and you have to belong you have to have a community Mm -hmm. and you have to be contributing Mm-hmm. In that community, because whenever I lived with the pygmy people and um, every the first well we drilled, first well we drilled got broken. It wasn't among the pygmy people. It was at a, it was at a university. It was among the staff. We drilled a well there and there was a dispute between the high school kids and the middle school kids or something. Because the high schoolers came over to that water well that we right. drilled that was a good source of water. Right. Well, the younger kids used to go to the high school. And it wasn't as good of a well. Actually, I, I don't think it was very safe to drink. Um, but those kids went over there and the high school kids would always kick them off and say, you're, you're too young. This is the high schooler as well. So anyways, the high schoolers came over to the staff's well where the kids were. And the little kids kind of smarted off to them. This is our parents' well. You know, you can't have this. So the high schoolers out of meanness broke that well. And to, to tell the story, why I share that was because they just expected me, a Westerner, to come fix it or something. To come fix it yeah. because I might have had the finances to do it, the yeah. tools to do it. 
And whenever they told me, I, I went back and I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll fix it right now. But then when I looked at it, I'm like, this looks like it was broken. I sent pictures back to the people that trained me. Like this was purposely broken out of meanness. We've drilled 4,000 wells and we've never seen one like this. And I was like, whoa. And so when they told me that, I got kind of fiery. I was like, uh, I yeah. gave this to them. I yeah. fundraised it. Like yeah. fundraising is hard. And so sure. I, 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 I worked my butt off and I came over and I sweat and, yeah. and, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the stuff. I'm like, I'm not fixing this thing. Yeah. Unless you guys pay for the repairs, I'm not fixing it. Yeah. Well, after that, they they got the kid, uh, the kids that did it, their parents, and then they kind of, you know, uh, let them let them have it, and then they made the community all pitch in for it. After that, after that, I learned a big lesson. When when you give someone something for free, oftentimes, if you think about a kid, they don't value it as much. They might not keep it as clean sure. or take as good care of it. Yeah. But whenever they have some buy-in and they contribute Skin to it, game, yeah. oh man, they, they put a fence around this well. No they had a, a check time where like three or, or five different times a day, it was open for about an hour. Yeah. They had people cleaning it daily. They had a checklist. They came up with a treasury in the community. And I bet they, they were more grateful to. for it after they So much more grateful. Yeah. yeah. We had a little celebration the first time. So for all 78 wells we've ever drilled for over 60,000 people, every single community has contributed and they've helped us either, whether it's, it's feeding us the whole time we're there, putting us up uh, and, and grabbing the tools. Sometimes we train some of them on how to do like kind of the day labor work yeah. and they always contribute. And since then there's been a repetitive pattern that they always protect it. Yeah. They value it. Yeah. They set up a little account. Purpose, or, but yeah. Man. Purpose. Yeah, you, you can't, they you contribute. They contribute, which yeah. gives them a purpose and gives yeah, them something to, to continually meaning. Yeah. Meaning like you, you can give somebody money. You can't give them purpose. They have mm -hmm. to find that themselves. Uh, we all have to find mm -hmm. it ourselves. I'm not speaking about others. I'm speaking myself, myself as well. Um, you know, uh, and this is nothing like what, what you've done, but even something as silly as like acting, like, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate and done 400 something episodes of television, wow. um, which is makes me feel really old. Uh, but beside the point, like I, I still love storytelling. And I think my idea, and I had this conversation with somebody earlier today, as a matter of fact, is like giving somebody an escape, you know, like I'm not, I'm not cashing a check these days. I've been very lucky. Um, but if I can give somebody 42 minutes, you know, 60 minutes with commercials, to just kind of think of a different story, think of a different perspective, yeah. um, laugh, maybe cry, yeah. all, everything in between. Feel. Then that's great. And something you were saying, I can't recall it right now, but it reminded me talking about like what, what you and I have been through, what so many people have been yeah. through and are going through. Um, you, oh, you had mentioned that when you see somebody, you said something like, if you have it, you see it or something. If you spot it, you got it. If you spot it, you got it. Um, I feel like that way with people who have been down in the depths and had let's call it suicidal yeah. ideation. And generally they're so, if, if they've gotten to a point, they're so kind because mm. they've been there and they don't want somebody else to go through yes. it. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this gentleman's name, uh, who's a great man. And I'm only going to say, cause he said it very publicly, but the, the, the CEO founder of to write love in arms, Jamie Twerkowski, he's mm. very public about how he's been suicidal. And I've, I've spent time with him He's the kindest soul on the planet. You see his he eyes and you're like, guy. he, he's amazing. Yeah. He's an amazing guy, but you just see him and you're like, I, I, I feel like you're hugging me from afar. Mm -hmm. Like he just is kind because he's seen like, he's, he's, he's been fighting. Like his will to fight is there and it's strong. Cause he yeah. fights from 
or he has fought from waking up to going to bed. And so it's not like, don't mistake kindness for weakness. Like he's a fighter. He's been fighting against stuff that he's been going through for decades. He doesn't have any interest in in fighting somebody in the streets. So you kind of can realize you'll see somebody talking, you know, like that person's like had anxiety or depression or something because they're being so measured and gentle with those around them and patient. Um, they, they have this desire to not cause that, like somebody who's been through real bad pain. Well, I guess it can go one of two ways. This is kind of a blanket statement that maybe isn't true, but I, I've been fortunate enough to see people who have gone through bad pain and want nothing more than to not cause somebody else to go through bad pain. Yeah. Makes any sense. No, that makes a ton of sense. So, um, <laughs> I'm in recovery for, for addiction and, uh, I'm going through the s- steps a second time, the 12 steps. Yep. And there's a chapter and it talks about uh, how alcoholics and addicts, cause it applies to both Same. that they are, um, like that of survivors from a great liner. So basically like, uh, survivors day, from a great liner, a great liner, which is like okay. a shipwreck uh, of Got a it. shipwreck yep. of a great liner. Okay. And, um, so the language of the day was back in the thirties. Um, and it was after the Titanic sunk. And, uh, the, basically what they're saying is it doesn't matter from captain's table to steerage. Um, so from the richest people that are yeah. eating with a captain or the people that are throwing the coal yeah. and they're an old dirty and muck, um, like we have a common bond and it brings us together and we understand each other. Unlike anyone else would. And yeah. these writers of the big book, were talking about basically, uh, Bill Wilson, the guy that wrote it was basically saying, I've been to the best doctors in the world, uh, from New York to Europe, all these other things. And I've never seen anyone be able to help anybody that's alcoholic, like another alcoholic. And they say, whenever you're, when all, when all else fails and you're starting to struggle, get outside of yourself and go help another alcoholic. And so I think you can relate that to a lot of different things. If you're sure. struggling with depression, it also make, means you have to acknowledge first that you are dealing with whether it's yeah. alcoholism or drug addiction yeah. or anxiety, depression. Or, mm-hmm. And I don't, I, 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 I love, I mentioned this, like, I hate the word struggle. Um, I like the word and not, you didn't say struggle. I don't think you said mm-hmm. struggle, but like somebody who is, who is experiencing alcoholism, drug addiction, depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation. It, when they say to me, and I, I, I've been fortunate enough to have people reach out to me and say like, Hey, I'm struggling with depression. And I'll be like, this is seems silly. It seems like semantics, but stop saying struggle. Take that voc- Just say I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with depression. Yeah. I'm dealing with addiction. I'm dealing with drug addiction. I'm yeah. dealing with anxiety because that, that kind of empower it. it it's such, it's such a stupid, silly thing, but I feel like I'm a big believer in the law of self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For like sure. if you wake up and go like, today's going to suck. Today's going to suck. Yeah. If we can go like, all right, I got this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make the most of it. Then you'll make the most of it. Yeah. Like what's the, what's the, whether you believe you can or you can't, yeah. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, Either way. So it's some version of that. But um, yeah, I, I, I love the idea that it, it's, it's such a funny, you just mentioned something about having a connection and I felt so much more of a connection with people around me that I'd never met before after I had been open, open about like what I've been with. It's like someone would, would, I, you'd almost see it and you'd be like, understood. Like, yeah. gotcha. Compared to like, oh, I'm cool. I'm on TV. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Like, yeah, I got a new car, you know, like that, that's fuck, like, because you think that they want you to be like, Hey, that's the guy that's on TV. I he, he must have a new car and he's probably gonna get an expensive bottle of wine at dinner. Like, mm-hmm. what is he? ordering the steak, you know, and that's so douchey. 
But when you're like, no, man, like I'm breathing oxygen, like I'm having a tough time, the same as everybody. I'm very fortunate. And I don't, I don't argue that or doubt that, but yeah, I, I, you know, you know, I I still cry, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You know what? I was just thinking like, um, that's one of the things I try to teach my kids too. Like when they have these experiences, like my daughter just had, you know, got left out of a text thread, you know, just the drama or they, I had some bullying incidents over the years. And like, I always tell them that I'm like, now, you know what it's like, you know what it's like, what that feels like. And you know, you don't want to ever do that to somebody. Like you can be grateful for that experience to know, okay, that's exactly what I don't want to be. That's exactly what I don't want to do. And so it gives you, it gives you kind of that connection where you just like can relate to other people and you know, the type of person that you want to be. It's in the way you worded it, it almost, you can turn a struggle into a blessing. Mm-hmm. Like how wonderful is it? A weakness into a strength. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that. I, how wonderful is it that you can like have something in common with, I don't know how old your children are, but like I'm 39, your, your children are They're 16 12 and 12. 16, yeah. 12. Like I have a connection to your, I've never met yeah. them, but like I can say that, you know, and vice versa. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can have friends that I've never spent time with that it's, it's something really deep. Like you can have a, com- you know, you hear conversations about like, Oh, if you're on a, if you've ever done a, uh, I forget what they're called, like a mushroom trip or something, um, you're like, then you realize that the world is connected. It's like, well, if you haven't, you know, if you're eight or if you just haven't done it, you can still realize the world's connected because I, I you know, I feel you to to the best yeah. degree I can. Yeah. Not like I know exactly what you've been through because everybody's, but you can relate, but you can yeah. relate, you can relate and understand and, and listen to be heard. Right. Yeah. Everyone needs to be heard. Yes. Yeah. And I think I'm going to get a bit, aggressive on that not aggressive sorry i still have covid brain i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little sub yeah reddit um to that but which is everyone needs to be heard but you've got to share yeah yeah you're not going to be heard like i can't read your mind you can't read my mind yeah. um nobody's going to read your mind and vice versa yeah you deserve to be heard mm-hmm. but the first step of you being heard is sharing yeah so and you can start small you don't have to think you don't have to get your whole family together and it. Uh, and, and sit them all down and make it weird or awkward. Like mm-hmm. you can just find one person you feel safe. Um, or, or just like you said, therapy, I've been going to therapy for a long time. It's brilliant. And now they have all those digital apps that you can use. And, right. Right. Yeah. And you can do it from your mobile phone because of a uh, quarantine and, or just, you know, we, we, we live in a digital age. Mm-hmm. You can talk with someone that's in another state, but they're a medical professional and they yeah. can walk you through this, whatever issue yeah. you're dealing with. It's phenomenal. I think, like well, that's, I mean, as much as people can bemoan or bitch about like social media and connectivity, yeah. like that, that resource is saving lives. Yeah, know? it is. And it, and it just, I think it just depends on what are you, what are you seeking out and what are you not filtering out that, that, you know, cause if I get, like I said, on that Reddit, I literally filter out the trash and then I go to awe and made me smile. Cause I want to smile when I go on there. I'm either watching MMA or I'm watching people do badass stuff or I'm watching some you know, <laughs> <laughs> only for Jared <laughs> and maybe Jason from time to time. Momo. Yeah. Yeah, Momo. Uh, uh, yeah. I didn't realize Reddit had, I feel like every Reddit thing I've seen and I, uh, it's probably I, cause it's the ones you're on. They, I, they, well, it's always like a, what do they call them? Nips, which I, sounds like man nipples or something, but it, it means like photoshopped manipulations. Oh, okay. Mm. So I'll get these, like that, my yeah. friends will be like, dude, uh, thanks for this showing up in my feed today. And it'll be like me in a, some speedo or something. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, that's, that, I wish I looked like that, but that's not me. <laughs> 
so I feel like I've kind of purposely avoided Reddit, but uh, I still click on links. I probably shouldn't. Let me ask you this, because yeah. so much stuff in social media and maybe maybe in, in Hollywood um, can seem, I mean, even in MMA and the buildup of fights, like yeah. a lot of things are manipulated. And I, I felt like in the in the professional sports world, at least MMA, I feel like, uh, you know, UFC says as real as it gets. I do think that the fighters, even in their DNA, they're as real as it gets, you know, like yeah. a lot of them, a lot of them are just real dudes and they'll have real conversations with fans and they'll, they'll, they'll spend time with them. They'll keep up with them. Yeah. Um, and I love that, but how do you, I don't know. How do you keep a, the thing that I get tired of is conversations that don't go beneath the topsoil. Yeah. That uh, that are just kind of surface level. Yeah, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how how do you and your family? I mean, you live out here in in Austin. Yeah, but it's become the new California. It really has, man. Yeah. I think when we moved here, it was like the only other actors were Matthew McConaughey and Dennis Quaid. And yeah. now it's like everybody you walk down the street, you're like, oh, that's the guy from that TV show. That's the girl from the <laughs> something. Um, I mean, Austin's changed. We we got back here. Sorry, I kind of interrupted you, but I, I think I might know what you were <laughs> asking. Um, so I. I mean, the the irony as we sit here right now in 2021 is that Austin is such a hot spot. Like Jen and I left California and moved to Austin to get away from all that. And not that Austin is all of a sudden Hollywood by any means. Yeah. Um, it's still got a, a great beating heart. For sure. It's I weird. love it. It's great. This is the best city yeah. in the world to me. It's, it's it changed. Really it's changed a lot. It's still the best city I can think of. Yeah. Um, so I'm still proud to be an Austinite and I'm not a NIMBY where it's like, I was here in 2010. You're not real. Like, I hate that shit. Like I, and I, you've like, I've been to different places where I'm not going to mention any towns by name. Cause there are great people in all the towns, but I've been to towns where maybe like trust fundy type town or something where it's like, well, I'm a local. Uh, I've been here for three years. When'd you move here two years ago? Yeah. Well, you don't know what it was. There was real, what it was really like, You're like who gives a shit? Like yeah. it's a cool place. Like it's not, I am not Austin. I don't own Austin. We moved here because we loved Austin, not because we wanted to like put our stamp and go like, we are Austin. Uh, we just loved it. And we wanted to get the fuck out of LA and Hollywood. And, and so we did, and we moved here and raised a family. And now we have a lot of cool people that are moving here and great. And it's going to change. And no matter where you live, it's going to change. And Austin's changed several in several ways over the last decade as far as like social media which i think and correct me if i'm wrong about thinking what you may be, be asking but i think one of the things i think it's my nature um and probably my nurture because of my job that for better or worse whatever i'm doing i'm doing 100 percent. Mm. like if i'm talking to you i'm not thinking about my phone if i'm if i'm like my job is when they call action you have present. to be this and 100 present and then when they call cut you can go and play chess or whatever words of friends um and so it's it has a lot of negatives because i'll, I'll I, I i'm really bad about communication a lot um like getting back to friends. Cause I'm like, well, I'm with my kids right now. So I'm not yeah. doing anything else. I'm going for a jog right now. I I'm struggle with that too. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's the way I talked to my therapist. I think it's the way I deal with anxiety is mm. if I accept the rest of the external stimuli that are coming in, then I, I get, you know, like my nails are all pitted from chewing and I'm, I, I'm probably sweating right now. I, I'm sure certain, certain sweating, you, but you don't look at it. <laughs> 
Thank you. Yeah, you're handsome. Uh, <laughs> you getting fresh to me? Uh, well, I like a good the, beard. The long hair. <laughs> bearded, bearded lady boner. You, you in the <laughs> bearded lady boner. God. There we go. Someone's We're going to start that one. The, the visual. Right I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, but I think the way I deal with anxiety, and it sounds like maybe you too, is I have to just commit to whatever's in yeah. front of me. And the good or bad news is like with social media, I kind of, I, I make a conscientious effort to try and avoid a lot of it because I get, I believe it for some reason. I'm a grown man. I'm, a, I'm I got a wife and kids and uh, you know, I do different companies and this and that. But for some reason I, I still have this vulnerability in me where if I start reading bad stuff, I believe it because I'm there in the moment. Like I, like whether it's watching a TV show or reading a book or whatever, like that's what I'm doing. So if I read like, like we were talking earlier, like, why don't you just pay the Kickstarter? Then I'm like, why don't I just pay the Kickstarter? <laughs> you know, like, I, but I mean it. Like, I, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I internalize it, I, you know? I, and so there. if I if I avoid that and just try and focus on um, being the best I can, like, you know, you, you'll hear you'll hear people talking about this person, that person. Like, hey, good dude or, or good chick or, yeah, oh, asshole or oh, what a jerk. Um, like, I don't know where I fall in the, it's not for me to determine if I'm a good dude or not. All I know is that I deeply want to be a good dude. Mm. You know, I want to be a good, I, I, I really badly want to be a, a good husband, a good father, a good employee, a good employer, a good son, a good friend. And I certainly have moments where I feel like I want to rip that dude's throat out, or I want to make a snarky comment. And sometimes I, I, act on that. But by and large, I just, I want to be a good person, you know? And I've met people, I'm sure we all have that they'll do nice things, but ulterior motives, they, yeah. yeah. Like manipulation yeah. Or, or whatever. Um, and it's almost like they don't want to be a good person. Like they want to start fires. They want to start rumors. They want to lie. And maybe it's something pathological. Like I, I'm not here to judge, but I'm just saying like, I'm fortunate in that for whatever reason, by, by nature and nurture, I really want to be nice. Like I, I like being nice. Like it's fucking cool yeah. you have to go like, Hey, how are you? As yeah. opposed to like, and come in and get, say, I'm a hugger. Every time I am a reach hugger. Out. I am a hugger. Amy, man. did you see that with him? Oh we're, yeah. We're I like, we're kindred spirits. Hugger. We're yes. like, uh, we're, we're huggers. Yeah. I'm a hugger. That, that's what I did. That's what, uh, we yeah, do. That's what we do. I'm a big, I'm a big time. I'm very tactile. It's fun to hug. It was awful. It is fun to hug. It was awful during COVID when we couldn't hug. I know. It's good to hug. Yeah. And luckily my wife knows that because, well, at least pre COVID, like if I, if I was out on the streets or at a convention or at a movie or something and I meet somebody, then I'm just sort of like, and they ask to take a picture because they know the show or whatever. I'll, I'll be like, yeah. And I'll just grab their phone and like put my arm around. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes there are very attractive women that want to take a picture and my wife is in a different state or a different city or a different country. But she's like, that's just how he is with everybody. Like, that's just like, it's not, he wasn't trying to cop a feel. Mm -hmm. He just will grab anybody of any sex and size and shape and, uh, and just give him a big old sweaty hug. Cause I'm a sweater. Also. I'm a hugger <laughs> I'm a, and a sweater. I'm a sweater too. Heavyweight man. Uh, a yeah. bit heavyweight. <laughs> and then when you work out numerous times, you work out a lot. And that's why our pores are more open. Cause we work out more frequently. I like that. I like that. Um, we, we live in Texas. We're it's, open it's people. It's good for open our hearts. Yes, open open hearts. <laughs> open hearts. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a new uh, I love that. shirt. Well, man, let me, uh, so I have, I've been really open and honest with most of the people that I 
I love and care about that are, um, unless it's like at the beginning of meeting them. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, but I always try to tell my friends and people that truly matter, like, Hey, look, we can always pick up right where we left off. If I'm slow to respond yeah. or if yeah. I, if I don't reply, like hit me again, because get up to the top. I've told a few of our friends recently that because, uh, I mean, my text messages sometimes after a fight or after like Joe show or something like that. Will, just, I know, yeah. you know, like it goes up like 999 plus or whatever yeah. in text or, yeah. uh, and it's just hard to manage or yeah. un, it is unmanageable. Just like, yeah. uh, uh, but the thing that I've realized about online that I think a lot of kids um, or people need to know um, is that you don't, I've come to realize I don't want to take advice or I don't want to take criticism from people I wouldn't take advice from. And oh, so like if, if they haven't like mm-hmm. earned, if they haven't earned the, the, op, my respect to, to uh, want advice from them. Yeah. Then I don't need to take that person's That's criticism. That's magical. Uh, Cause there's that saying, um, this advice is worth what you paid for it, which is zero. Mm-hmm. So like this is, but it's funny how much more likely at least I am and possibly you are I, like, I, I'll speak for myself. I'm so much more likely to, to, um, to like sit with criticism mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. random uh, than I am with advice. I'm my yeah. own worst critic. And so I will sure. take criticism so from the cheap that, yeah, seats. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. From, from the cheap like, comment section. I'll take like, I knew I was right about yeah, yeah, what they're yeah, saying. Yeah. But you can see it too. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I've really started learning that. I probably got that from therapy, but uh, yeah, I, I like, like, that. like don't my therapist telling me, don't take criticism from people you want. Take you advice from. from yeah. That's and so if brilliant. they're not, if they're not close to you, if you don't truly know them, if you don't love them, yeah. but you know what? The people that have earned the right to give you advice, you might heed their yeah, consider it. Yeah. yeah. Consider it sometimes. It, 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 look, it, at least look at it. Right. Man, that's, I think that's sage wisdom. Um, I, I still it's, can feel that it's probably difficult to implement. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, like you sure. still got to remind sure. yourself like, okay, like, I don't know who this person is. It could be 12 years old in their parents' basement. But, but just, if, but if, a, but if a keyboard warrior comes at you next time, just have a, have a little yeah. lady bearded angel, yeah. wise sage with a, with a lady boner sitting, as well, yeah, lady boner, lady boner, bearded lady angel, bearded, <laughs> bearded lady, bearded lady. Uh, I'm going to call you at 2am yeah. be like, Ren, dude, look what I just read. I'm like, leave me alone. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't do that. No, um, I know you wouldn't. You've, uh, you've earned the, the, the right or respect to be able to give me advice. That's my honor, man. I'm criticism. The ditto. Ditto. I I really appreciate the man that you are. And I think, um, I think from the, our shared or common bond or similarity and struggles, Mm uh, the next generation and you, I I think because I've posted pictures of us together yeah, and, um, I see all the like fan clubs you have or people that reshare the stuff. And, um, there's a younger audience too. Um, and I'm sure that audience has grown up for the last 21 years, but there's, uh, before COVID ages 12 to, or sorry, ages 10 to 24. Mm -hmm. Um, the second highest reason for death in the United States was suicide. So the number two cause of death in the United States was suicide from ages 10 years old, which your kiddos are right around 10 and up to 24. And there's some experts that I, I think have said um, they think that could overtake number one, uh, the top reason uh, for suicide because COVID uh, we're secluded or isolated or, yeah. or everything's social now. And, and people, yeah. people compare all the time to people's highlight reels and, and you get down. And, yeah. and I think, I think we've replaced the authentic with a counterfeit, like yeah. uh, like, 
like a hundred likes on social media is better than one person in real life liking you. I know, right? Um, that is the, a, a more immediate dopamine hit or something. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, what, what do you think? I mean, what do you tell your kids? What would you tell a kid that you feel like is oh, like Raiden? I remember you reaching out to Raiden and talking to him about yeah. uh, Sam Winchester. And yeah, that was a uh, supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I guess he had seen the show. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what can you say other than like, Hey man, you know, your champ. Like I, the same thing I kind of think about people who have, who have gone through big bouts of whether it's addiction or depression or anxiety or suicidal ideation or any struggles, financial struggles <clears throat> to compare that person who, who fights every day with the person in the mirror. That's strength, man. Like to, to struggle. And I, broke my own rule by saying this okay. <clears throat> to deal with that yeah. kind of stuff and, and keep going every right. day. You, you don't get a, uh, this is just uh, euphemism or whatever. You don't get a black belt for that. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, you can see somebody walking down the street who you don't need to get in a physical fight or a, a verbal fight or whatever, but if they've been dealing with pain every day and moving forward, then they're like, they're fighters, you know, yeah. and they keep fighting. Those are warriors. Those are warriors. Those are overcomers. Yeah. Those are, those are and champions. they don't get any glory from it. They yeah. don't get any belts. They don't get any, any prize money. They just kind of sometimes quietly go about their way and fight that next fight again the next day. Um, but I think that, I think there comes a time because I've started to feel this shift. You know, Amy, Amy on her birthday last night, we were, um, she read me kind of part of her gratitude journal. Right. And, um, uh, Thanks. on the list, what was the open, honest, uh, uh, well, okay. So I think you said you were grateful for an open and honest relationship. I guess I'm pointing it at me. That yes. wasn't why I was doing it, but, uh, <laughs> you saying you're grateful for an open and honest relationship. And that for me too, has been so empowering to not just be open and honest with, with Amy, but, but really trying to be that in every facet of my life, open and honest. And for me, I've started to feel momentum and that's what I want. Like, like real momentum and, and overcoming that depression. I'm always going to be in the process of sure. overcoming yeah. my addiction. Yeah. Um, but I really feel like I've made so much progress, leaps and bounds. And I've overcome a lot of these things because I can be open. I can be honest. I can communicate and I can share my, my, I can be vulnerable. And in that I find strength. <laughs> I'm, Yes. I mean, I, I, I agree so much. Um, I think you had mentioned something earlier where <clears throat> you had said, you kind of suggested or intimated that you maybe are not completely open at first, or you don't feel like you are until someone's earned the right. And what's really weird and weird, what's, what's, what I've noticed about myself, what I've, my wife has pointed out is that I'm kind of the opposite. Like I'm kind of an open fucking book because if you betray that trust, then I know to be done. Like, as opposed to just being like, and that this was a growing process. Cause at first it was like, I'm supposed to be famous. Like, here's me on Gilmore girls, you know, like, and I am so cool. And then finally I was like, I don't know who my real friends are because I'm not mm -hmm. giving an opportunity to be my friend or not. Yeah. And not that someone's a bad person if we're different, but I'd rather kind of like, what's who's the question. The question I would have is, does this person like me for who I am? Or is it just because of what I do? Or that's, and that's a, that's you know, a, yeah. And that they, was a challenge whenever I found out most. And, and the first time I really attempted suicide, I looked around at all my friends. I was like, no, these people are like who I am. They're just like what I do. 
Yeah. Um, and that That's was like a hard man. pill to swallow. But now I look around and I've, I've got a lot more friends that are, it's because of who I am. It's all, and it's because people know who they, they are. are. Yeah. It's because maybe it's, possibly that you were being more open. About yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Oh, a lot more who, open. Like Ren is that like this, not like mm. we thought he was just a, a Viking, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, he, he's a Viking. He's also a, a warm, loving human being. Oh. Um, there's a great quote from Dave Barry. I believe the comedian and the writer who says okay. somebody who's nice to you, but mean to the waiter is not a nice person. Ooh. And so that's kind of a, I do this thing. My wife always is like, why are wow. you doing that? Can you say that one more time? Somebody who's nice to you, but mean to the waiter is not a nice person. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I, it's a person who's nice to you, but rude to the waiter. It's that's not it. a yeah, nice yeah. person. Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah. I've heard another great. one. Treat this, treat the janitor like you would the CEO. You know, yeah. You treat the janitor like you treat the CEO. Yeah. Or else you're faking it, right? Sure. Yeah. And you should. You know what yeah, I mean? You like should. you it's should just... be nice to both. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're both breathing oxygen just yeah. like you are, presumably. Um I don't yeah. I don't remember what uh Oh shit. No, we've oh, lost David track. David Barry has Dave Barry. He's got the quote about uh do S that. Someone who's the which one? Someone who's nice someone who's nice to you nice but not nice to the waiter. Not, not nice to the waiter. Is, is, not a nice uh, is not a nice person. Yeah. And I agree with that. And so I think I, sometimes when I'm, when I'm in groups of people, I kind of come in, I don't come in hot. I come in cold. If it makes any sense. Like I try and portray myself as like the goofy idiot actor. Cause then if someone's like kind to me, then I'm like, okay, they're probably nice. But if someone's like, ugh, just another actor, I'm like, okay, they're judgmental or whatever. And that's my own. I mean, I don't know if that's something to talk about or, you know, be proud of, but I, I feel like I would just rather I'd rather be, I don't know, man. I think I've been hurt. You know, I was bullied as a kid. Um, Would you mind even sharing any of that? You okay with, uh, like, sure. you remember one of those moments? I do. I do. I remember uh, when I was probably eight years old, maybe like seven or eight years old, uh, I went to elementary school and it was, it was like a little bike ride away from, uh, my neighborhood, like from my, it was probably a mile away by way of bike, but I wasn't allowed to leave my neighborhood. My dad, you know, and this was also, this was 1988, 89. <laughs> and I was allowed to go around our neighborhood on the bike and that's it. Um, because he was scared, but it was also pre, you know, Xbox and pre iPhone and iPad kids played outside, kids played outside a lot. Uh, and that's all we did. You know, I yeah. had my rollerblades. Uh, mm -hmm. you and I got to go blading sometime. Okay. Minor skates. Done up. Yeah. Mm. I'll be faster then. Uh, um, so I won't fall. <laughs> <laughs> Slow and steady. I'm like the turtle. That's the rhino. Enough. The albino Fair rhino. Fair enough. The vanilla gorilla. Well, second, second mouse gets the cheese, man. So <laughs> you can be the slow one. Um, but I, I went, I went to my elementary school that I wasn't allowed to go to. Uh, and one of the guys who had been the school bully was there with a few of his friends and he held a gun to my head, to my helmet. And it was, I think it was a Pelagon. It was like, yeah, yeah. It, my recollection was it was uh, like one of those kind of long barrel Pelagon sure. pistols, wow. but he held it to my head and to my helmet right. and pulled the trigger. And you know, this was, yeah. Scary. Terrifying. And I couldn't yeah. tell anybody, I couldn't, I couldn't say, I didn't feel comfortable saying it because so yeah, my literally. dad had said like, you're not allowed to go outside the neighborhood. And I, so I didn't. Um, yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's the one that. That's the one that sticks it's terrifying out. for an eight, nine year old to have a gun put to their head, even if it's a pellet gun. Yeah. And then to hold it in, you know, that yeah. you're, you're at eight or nine years old. You're already suppressing. I didn't feel like I could tell yeah. anybody. Yeah. 
And then, you know, I don't, I don't want to belittle this, but the classic, you know, the, the, the kids and the towels and the, you know, mm-hmm. after football practice kind of picking on you. And I was a small kid. I was probably five, five, seven and 110 pounds as a freshman in high school. Like I was a skinny kid. I've always kind of, my body wants to be skinny. You know what I mean? Which I hate that word. Um, just to have whatever, yeah. uh, personal issues about it. But I didn't really grow. I probably wouldn't, I was probably like five, seven until I was maybe a junior. And then I was maybe like six, one and, and Texans are big, man. Yeah. And you know, a lot of them are six, four at 14. And I don't want to mention any names, but there were guys on the football team that would, you know, take cheap shots and the play was over, but they'd still mm-hmm. up in you and the football coach would laugh and, you know, because it was someone being kind of hardcore. Right. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think a lot of, uh, I remember my bully's names. I remember, probably three or four of my bullies names. I won't say them. The, you got to leave room for people to grow. And yeah. you know, what's that great saying? Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. So I'm sure they, they wasn't, I'm sure it was taught to them, you know, and our, our, and a personal issue, like, you know, I, my, I got two boys right now, nine and seven, and there is somebody who I think is a bully, uh, in their world at their school, just from what they've kind of mentioned. And so it's, you know, you kind of get like, like do something you want to do something. You're Papa Papa bear, you're Papa bear. And you also want to let it play out and not be, well, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I hate to say something like this because I feel like it sounds callous, but well, to use that word again, I, I, I I want them to build callous, but I want it to Mm be, you want them to have, tough skin, but maintain a soft heart. Cause I think, I think yeah. for me, yeah. I want to keep a soft heart, but have tough skin. Yeah. You know, I don't want to yeah. have a hardened heart and soft skin. You know? Yeah. There's like a peach. Well, there's a level. It's um, a, it's almost like working out. Like if I went to the gym right now and tried to bench press a thousand pounds, I'd collapse my chest. Yeah. But if I went and tried to bench 300, then I could maybe grow. And then a week later do 305 or whatever, you know? Uh, so if the bullying is to a degree where it's the thousand pound bench press and it's going to destroy somebody, then that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. But if it's something, and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm trying to justify people being bullies. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes the world's a tough place. Um, and I don't want the first time anybody to deal with bullying, deal with it when it's at a thousand pounds, you know, mm-hmm. if you can deal with it when it's five, and then you kind of get to go like, Hey, you wouldn't take advice from these people. Don't take criticism and, and, and build that. That's something I struggle with. I'm a grown man. And you know, sometimes I'm still like, wow, it's somebody ultimately I, I'm not like, I want to kill somebody because they were picking on me, but it's like, I don't get it. Like, I don't yeah. get like, wh- why, why? Yeah. Like, I don't, it just, it doesn't, it's, it's incomprehensible. So, so fight for the forgotten. We have a anti-bullying initiative. Mm-hmm. It's a character development program that's been in over a hundred schools and a hundred martial arts academies. Amazing. And it's called heroes in waiting because what the science of bullying says, well, 13 million students will be bullied this year at school, 13 million in the U S alone. Jesus. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a big number. Um, but there's a statistic that says who's the most powerful in the situation. Is it the authority figure? Is it the teacher, the principal? Um, is it the bully that has the most power? Is it the one being bullied, the victim? And it's, it's none of those. It's actually the bystander. So the people that are 
are seeing it happen, seeing it, hearing it, witnessing it. Yeah. Those people oftentimes, especially in child psychology, they think they are the innocent bystander. But the bully doesn't see them as the innocent bystander. He sees them as a silent supporter. Yeah. If they're laughing, giggling, they're supporting it. Like, like they're an active supporter. Mm. They're part of the problem, the bully, but because he thinks he has a a team, he thinks it's, they're not, they're not saying stop. Yeah. So now it's encouragement and now he can keep going. Yeah. It's like tacit support. Right. So the bystander, if they stand up and say something, one thing as simple as something that says, Hey, that's not kind. There's a 80, 87% chance it stops within the first five seconds. That's how much power they have. Uh, the bystander moving, going from being a bystander to being what we call a hero in waiting that then takes action. Who, what's a hero? It's not someone with superhuman strength yeah. or supernatural powers. Yeah. It's someone that sees a need and takes action. Yeah. It's someone that just does the right 87%. thing. 87%. Yeah. If they have to do it a second time, it goes up to like 92, 91 to 93%. Wow. So 87% of the time, because people don't want to feel like that. So, so one of our guests, right. One one of our guests, uh, RJ Mitty. Have you, have you, do you know RJ? I've met him. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, He's a Texan, right? Yeah. Texan. I met him at Comic-Con. Yeah. Lives down in Brownsville. Uh, and he said that when it came to bullying, cause he has cerebral palsy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's been very brave how he's, uh, overcame and overcome that and, 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 and provided, a platform for so many people to, to almost have like to break through a limited belief, right? That people with these challenges or, or disabilities yeah. per se, yeah. like we can do this and we can, we can do great things and grow. And he, he's amazing. What he said was he would have pity on the bullies because that was the strongest thing you could do in that moment was pity them because no one wants to be pitied. Wow. And, and, and someone that's being the bully that needs that yeah, Someone who's trying to feel like they're tough and being strong. Right. I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. Yeah, no, I'm good. laughing to myself because I'm going to out myself. Um, I met RJ Mitty in a bathroom at San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con and was the dude who fucking introduced myself to another dude in the bathroom. I was like, Hey, I love you. He wasn't in the middle of the facilities, but I think at the sink, I was like, dude, I love the show. And Aaron Paul is a buddy of mine. And I was uh-huh. like, Aaron's my friend. And he was like, thanks man. Like, I don't know if he remembers it. I think I got a picture of them later or maybe he, uh-huh. whatever. I, but, but I remember kind of going like, Cause I think we had just binged the show and then we were doing yeah. uh, Comic-Con and what a good show. It's a oh, good. So what a brave, part he played too. I mean, yeah. It's it yeah. incredible. That was, he's my favorite character. Yeah. He's brilliant. Well, I mean, really? uh, it's so hard to pick. Yeah. 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 But he was, I feel like we saw each other again yeah. afterwards that night. I think we we're at my buddy, Zach Levi's like, hey, near HQ. In the bathroom. I know. And I was like, I think <laughs> it was just one of those, Hey, you know, like, uh, I, I love your performance. Blah, 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 blah. And then I was sort of like, I'm the dude like in the bathroom, like talking to the guy. I was like, I, I'm going to leave you alone. And I, I always have to be careful going to, uh, we were just in Vegas and, uh, I have to stay out of Vegas bars because Vegas is the fight capital of the world. Oh, of course. and whenever you go oh, yeah. into a bar, everyone wants to fight the fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which is uh, so idiotic, <laughs> right? So, so, uh, the time I had someone, well, I've had a couple of times people say you've been recognized at the urinal. I'm sure. Sure. And, sure. Um, but one time I, I was, this was right after I got off the ultimate fighter. I was at a club, uh, the encore XS or something like that. And, yeah. uh, some of the fighters had just been, I won't name their names, but they had just been talking about, you know, 
stay together. Don't, don't, uh, don't go off by yourself because yeah. guys will start something with you. And like, if we're all together, like, well, like no one's going to come fight all of us type thing. Yeah. And I went to the bathroom alone and, uh, uh, the guy next to me in the urinal looked over and, and looks back at the wall and looks over at me. He goes, you an effing fighter. And I was like, I was like, yeah. He goes, your name's Justin Wren. I'm like, yeah, buddy. Just got off yeah. the show. And he goes, he like, Taps me on the shoulder. We're literally like midstream. <laughs> and he taps me on the shoulder. We're peeing. It wasn't me, was it? It, it wasn't <laughs> you. It wasn't Just you. double checking. If, he, if it was, I would have gotten a lady. Um, bearded lady. <laughs> but I, but I, uh, I, I looked at him. He goes, I, I was a wrestler. And I'm like, okay, great, man. Me too. He goes, I was a state champ. I'm like, cool, man. Right. I was, yeah. I was, I was too. And uh, yeah, yeah. national champ and whatever, but he wasn't picking a fight, right? He was just kind of, well, he was just saying that, yeah. but, but whenever we went to the bathroom, he goes, I could, he goes, I could take you down. And I was like, I was like, okay, Maybe man, I, I, yeah. I, I bet you could. And I, I'm fine with it. And uh, he goes, no, we could fight. All of a sudden this anger, you know, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. sometimes it comes over people and he ended up shooting in on my legs. I, I'm drying off my hand. I throw away the, 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 I wash my hands. And uh, anyways, he, he he shoots in on my legs, drives me against the wall. He wasn't a little guy, and he actually was a wrestler and a, a, like he at least a state champion or something. Or something. Yeah. At least that's what he said. So he shoots for a double leg, drives my back up almost like against the cage. But what do wrestlers always do? They always lift their head up to get the takedown on a double leg. Guillotine. So I just I had a guillotine right yeah. there. Ended up choking him. I mean, it sounds bad, but I don't know what no, to do. No, we would even do. I, I, so I yeah. choked him unconscious. He fell with his, uh, you know, arms underneath him. And I just stepped over, went out there, and I went back to the guy. <laughs> like, y'all just told me don't do this. Uh, that we should stay together. So I just tapped him. I'm like, I'm out of here, guys. I'm out. Man, I, uh, I, I've done some, some mixed martial arts training, largely in my capacity as an actor, you know, doing like, uh, but I've, I've done classes and training and this and that. And, you know, I've, Right now I'm lighter because of COVID, uh, but I'm usually around 210, 215. Like I'm a reasonably fit guy. And I've, I've, you know, rolled with guys who are 160 pounds or sparred with guys who are 170 pounds. And after a round, I'm like, I'm never going to start a fight with anybody hmm. because I got 50 pounds on this guy and he's rocking me and I can't even hit him with yeah. a single shot in three minutes. Like not, not like I wouldn't, I don't know why anybody on the planet would try and fight a professional fighter. Yeah. I always say like, I know enough to never get beat up because I don't, I don't pick fights. And so the people who know how to fight also don't pick fights. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm clean. However, yeah. this dude in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, he, he was intoxicated, but I think um, it's probably like acting, right? You get people that say, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start acting. I'll be there with you, you know, next, next week or in a few Sometimes months. They're right, man. You know, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah in in like, MMA, they'll, they'll like, whenever you go to a convention or something like that, you're signing an autograph or something. He's like, I'll see you in the UFC in about four months. But, like, oh, wow. When do you train? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking he's got a fight lined yeah. up. I think he's the like, difference. Oh, I haven't about, yet, but. <laughs> I think the only, the difference that occurs to me is, is in the fight world, it must seem like they're challenging you. Whereas like in the acting world, it's like, Hey, I can't wait to work together. As opposed to like, oh, I somebody came up and was they, like, dude, I'm going to go uh, see you at 10th planet and let's roll. Yeah. That's like, cool, man. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah let's let's learn some shit as like, as opposed to like, Hey, me and you were going to meet. Like, it's sort of like, okay, like where are the cameras? Like, where, are we building up to a fight? Like what's going on? Yeah. Well, sometimes when they say they're going to do it, I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Great. But then yeah. whenever it's like, they've never trained, but they're expecting to be there in a year. Yeah. It's like, oh man, there's a lot of work to this. Uh, speaking yeah. of that, I guess uh, next week you guys, 
start filming? We second season. Mm-hmm. We start Walker season two. So I guess I'll come be on se- episode two. Oh, brother, please. <laughs> you can be on episode everything as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, if you ever need some of them. I know. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. Um, I really am there, but uh, I, was, I, love I was making a joke on the, I'll see you next week in the UFC. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Bring it, Ren. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we start um, next Wednesday. And, you know, there's a lot up in the air right now with um, different COVID protocols yeah. and mandates coming in. And so it's going to be an interesting season. Um, and we remained mostly safe last year. We had a few days that we had to take because of positive tests, but you know, the way the rules are, we don't go by the state or the federal rules. We go by the rules of, you know, the studio and the network mm-hmm. that are paying money for us to play pretend. Yeah. And so their rules are, Never heard that. you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, so they, they, you know, they speak, we listen, but right now I'm okay because I've already been vaccinated yeah, and had, had a it. confirmed case and I'm two and a half weeks out or whatever. So you got a lot of antibodies. I do. I feel invincible. You want to go? You have seen <laughs> uh, I'm out of your weight class. <laughs> so I think so. Um, but I, so like if, if another actor or actress or one of the uh, zone, a crew members gets COVID, we might have to shut down for how many days, you know? Yeah. And then last year, I don't know if you were here during snowpocalypse and yes, uh, I yeah. was, Yeah, so we, we got sh- trapped. Together, oh yeah. Which it was, was great. I was loving being trapped <laughs> in there. It was great. Yeah. Well, we, we had heat, so yeah. it was all right. We, we did. We were in between three hospitals. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah. We live by, we live like, you know, there's like yeah. Yeah. our area yeah. where there's like okay. Seton and something else. My brother's a surgeon in a private. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we have two surgeons that are, I have a, my brother's an orthopedic surgeon. My cousin is a, a trauma and, oh, doctor uh, yeah. in North Austin. Yeah. Um, but we, we ended up, so it was right kind of, I think it was February, right? February, March. Um, and a lot of the cast members who were here shooting Walker were in rental units or apartments or hotels and they lost power. We had power. So we ended up having 14 people and five dogs at our house for a wow. snowpocalypse. <laughs> and at one point in time, yeah. you know, there's snow everywhere and our driveway kind of has a, a, a decline to it. And so Genevieve got her snowboard and put it on and like snowboarded oh, just one, that's awesome. one run. Yeah. I mean, she's going half a mile an hour, but she just, just to do it. Cause otherwise, yeah. you know, we, we've had that house for 10 years almost. And yeah. we, we had our roller skates on and we're, uh, we did. you should have called me, man. I would have yeah. brought my blades Yeah, <laughs> next time. Next time. Next time. Next we'll, time. We'll, we'll be prepared. Yeah. Um, I, 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 this is going to sound really random, but, uh, I, I have a couple of, I'm going to do this. Do you remember meeting my mom? Uh, we were, we were at a restaurant. You had, uh, yeah. we, we FaceTime. Yeah. It was my dad's 70th birthday. Yeah. And yeah, you were at a rest- Yeah. I remember yeah. you were on, on the phone. Yeah. 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 That, that was awesome. Uh, but Amy and I were talking and my mom, uh, she's, she's so sweet. She's so incredible. Just her text messaging is a little short where she'll be like, you get really, I'll get really excited about something, send her something like, I love you so much, mom, yeah. exclamation points. She's literally in my phone as <laughs> watch this. Uh, you can shout out to my mom. What is, what is her name? Best mom ever. Best mom ever. She is. She, she really is the best, but it's just funny whenever it comes to text conversations, say, love you so much exclamation points. And she'll go, uh, love you too. Period. Oh my God. Or or I'll tell her something. And then all of a sudden she goes, I'm I'm like talking all these plans or telling her what I'm up to. And then her response is okay. Period. Dude, that is the, that is the exact opposite of my mom. Like my mom, it's like, Hey, I think she wanted the kids. The San Antonio zoo was awesome. Uh, and she wanted to see our kids like two weeks ago when we got COVID. And so she texts like, Hey, can y'all come down? Like we we're going to be around and this and that. And I was like, ah, well, you know, we all just test positive. So we're quarantining. And her next response was like, 
Oh no, is everybody okay? How are you doing? Which test did you take? Do you know which strain it is? How are the kids? Are they going to go to school? Like it's 17 questions and you're like, what do I do? Yes, no, good. Seven, 8.30 uh, tomorrow. At uh, least we have a reply like now. She just, I know, yeah, Instagram, but still right? my one. mom is the opposite. My dad, yeah. my dad sounds like your mom. Uh-huh. Uh, it's kind of funny because my mom, my mom will, you know, if it's like, hey, mom, uh, we're rolling. Um, I'll, I'll call her back. She's like, okay, well, I love you and have a good take. It's like, I love you too. I love you. I love you. Okay, well, just and, and don't don't forget that it's a, you know, it's your brother's birthday tomorrow. It's like, yeah, I got it, mom. We're, we're literally rolling. Okay, well, just you know, thinking about you. Like, damn it. <laughs> Where my dad, if you're on the phone with my dad, you'll be like, yeah, talking, shooting the shit, and then you'll be like, uh, yeah, what was that? He's like, well, it sounds like they're ready for you. Bye. And he'll just you're like. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't even give you a chance to say bye. He's yeah, like he's he, gone. He, he does the same with my wife and yeah. uh, everybody. So yeah, I get that. I my my mom's been so incredible to me. She's been the most positive, most consistent positive force. That's amazing in my life. Uh, she was a badass. She won multiple tennis championships, really? uh, state ch- championships. Jesus. Um, and then she was a two time national champion in barrel racing. So me becoming a national champion yeah. and, and national champion, yeah. she would, like I would, I would get my, this thumb, I dislocated 13 times, uh, my senior year wrestling and in, in, in one year, in one year, yeah, the senior <laughs> year wrestling, the year I won nationals. Uh, and so, uh, they were thinking about medically DQing me, but I would pop my thumb out and I come back to my dad. Who's he was a photographer, um, like real creative type. And he'd come back and go, do you need to go to the ER? My mom was like, tape it up and get your ass back out there. You know, like, do you want to win this? Go get it. And uh, But she do it in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, she, she gets excited about competitions. Uh, whenever we talked on the phone, I was telling her uh, that um, I was really excited. You had helped us, like, raise awareness for Raiden and fight for the Forgotten. And she was, she was excited about it and, uh, and telling her about you. And then whenever you called and we got off the phone, she was like, oh, who was that again? Then she got on Google. She's like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's cute. Uh, so so but did you did you send her to your Reddit site? <laughs> not yeah. yet, not yet. I, I'm thinking of this. She's got she's had two pictures uh, beside her bed uh, since my parents uh, got a divorce. Anyways, but uh, it's been Robert Redford. <laughs> she's got her own okay. stuff. And, Reddit. And, and, yeah. Robert Redford. And who's the guy that played uh, James Bond? One of them. That's uh, Pierce, Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan. I mean, those are some beautiful dudes. Some, I. I, she told me she would replace one of them. I think it was Pierce with, with your photo. Get at it. Oh like, man. Wow. I'm a big, I'm a big Pierce fan. So I'm so. just doing this for her. Do you think it would be this one of you shirtless? So maybe that's, that's actually me. That? that one's not me. That's, this one's not you. No, it's not. Oh, that me. one's, that this, one's not you. No, oh. that one's not. I know exactly. Oh, that, that one's you. Yeah. Uh, Maybe this one. Well, that's kind of mm, old. It's a little old. Yeah, that one's what, me. Kissing that, a parrot. That one's here. What, what kind of it's bird a is fake, that? It's a fake bird. So a that was bird. that was during Friday the Thirteenth. We shot it here in Austin, two thousand eight, and my character wore a like we talked about sweating. Yeah. My character, like we did a fitting in Los Angeles where it's sixty five degrees. And so I was wearing like a light gray shirt. And so if we did a take, I would have sweat stains. And so I would just have to take my shirt off and hand it and they yeah. would they would blow dry it or give me another one. And so I was just basically shirtless. Every time they called cut, they'd be like, cut, Padalecki, your shirt stains are showing. I'm like, fine. And I hand it off. And then I would just wait there until they were like changing. And so that was just during one of those, we were shooting at a place out in the Wimberley um, part of the movie. And there was like a silly bird and I was, 
holding that bird being an idiot have you have you seen this meme yet i haven't there's what y'all when y'all were young how old were you here you and jensen that was the pilot so that would have been february of 2005 it was 16 years ago 16 16 years ago yeah how old are you about 22 where last season what's that I don't know. So what, <laughs> I, what I thought was fun was uh, right beside it was sugar babies and then sugar daddies <laughs> or sugar daddy like the candy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm j- I'll, I'll find a photo. Or maybe that, she'll just pick one. Out is that I'll, from I'll Reddit? Is that, yeah, that's the lady. Okay. The, Only pictures the, I've ever saved. Sugar, from, the sugar baby, baby, sugar daddy is pretty funny. Yeah, I'll, I'll text that, that to you. Yeah. Um, I'll amazing. text that to you after we're done. Please do. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for the man that you are you've been so gracious with your time man did our but i want to tell you that the way that you've truly been whether it's you know you you see something like we had that hashtag stand with raiden you guys responded because he was a fan of the show you sent a video to him but you didn't just do that that is a one-time moment thing but you have checked in with him. You, you, you sent me a video and you wanted to FaceTime with him on his birthday. Yeah. Me and my mom, you've, you've started, um, always keep fighting yeah. or keep fighting. Always, I'll always keep, fighting, always yeah. keep fighting, always That's keep so fighting. Good. Um, I'm just really grateful for the man you are. You just shared very vulnerably here. And I think that is a way to overcome is to be the only, open yeah. and the only way. Yeah. No one's going to, no one can reach mine. Right. So if, yeah. you, if you don't tell them what you're going through, no one's going to know how to, help you with what you're going through yeah. and vice versa, you know? So, I mean this, I think this, uh, like a, a call to action for some people is like, if you're struggling right now, open up, yeah, share, be vocal, be be vocal. vocal with a, a family member, a friend, a therapist, a professional. Yeah. And I say, I say, be proud yeah. of how many fights you've won, mm. you know, because you've, you've fought every day and you're still here. Yeah. So don't be jealous or feel weak that somebody else isn't going through that. Feel pride and uh, confidence in the fact that you have been in fights for however many days, weeks, months, years, and you're still going. Like you, you're, you got it, man. You got it. Yeah, you you just reminded me of something. I'll I'll, I'll try to share this quickly because I, I really am grateful for your time. Um, and yeah. so you just saying that. I felt like such a failure whenever I relapsed again after. So the cycle of addiction is you kind of got it, you know, and then all of a sudden you have that first use. Uh, doctors say it's an allergy, an actual like uh, chemical thing that goes off in your body. Oh wow! It's not just you, you, you're undisciplined or that you are a sack of shit that you there's use. It's, yeah. it's, there's this reaction that you, your body, your mind says, um, it, it prioritizes it for survival. It literally is like the hunter gatherer mind. When you find this wow. substance, that one, or sometimes any that changes the way you feel, it's literally that dopamine it, brain science says for the brain of an addict, wow. it now prioritizes as the number one thing for survival people that comes out and exacerbates. Yeah. In different ways. Some people can handle it until, you know, 5 PM. Yeah. Uh, other people like they start missing things that you you never would want to miss or screw up or lose a job or or yeah. do these certain actions. But anyways, when I ended up in Mexico because I was so ashamed, I ran and instead of fight, I, it was flight and I ran. And my board of directors for Fight for the Forgotten said, "You are going to go get help, or you are going. We have to protect the organization." but we want you to hear this. We are protecting you. 
so that you can come back here, so that you can lead well, so that you can, so you can get do some, all these things. So you can put the yeah. oxygen mask on. Yeah, yeah. Put, yeah. And actually, that's actually what Ryan Llewellyn and Jeffrey Higgs, the doctor, um, that are on my board, the chairman and the vice presidents, they, they were using that terminology, put the oxygen mask on yourself, brother. You've been doing it for others. Mm-hmm. You got to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're, you're going to do this. We're suggesting you to do it. But in that moment, I felt exposed. And sure, I felt, sure. um, and I just had a suicide attempt and I would just was like, I'm, uh, actually I, I did the suicide attempt right after that because in, I wasn't in my right mind. Right. Yeah. I thought I fucked it all up. I'm never coming back yeah. from this. I'm going to lose everything. Everyone's going to know. I never should have been able to lead this anyways and help these people anyways. And so anyways, I think that what you're saying there, um, was the thing that changed everything for me. Whenever I saw it as not like a defeat, but an opportunity and it was a defeat. Right. But, but it also led that, that downfall led to the comeback or, or me being able to rise up from it or, or find a way to overcome. I'd gone to co- get coaching yeah, the best coaching in the world in so yeah. many different sports Yeah, from wrestling, Olympic gold medalist, boxing, hall of famers, UFC, hall of famers, like jujitsu, the best of all time. But I had never gone and gotten coaching one time in 15 years of struggling with addiction. Yeah. I never went to an AA meeting once. It wasn't until I was forced to go to an inpatient place. I ended up doing 90 days because I needed that. Mm-hmm. But I actually set my mind on 90. They presented 30, 45, 60, 90. Oh, wow. And, and you, I chose 90 because yeah, right, once, once, right. once I had that will to do it, it was like, all right, if I'm doing it, I got to be all in. Uh, yeah. Just present, got to go all in. So anyways, I, I don't know how you, you, you just jogged that memory for me where I was like, oh, wow, more people will come to support you if you do share, mm-hmm. you know, but if they, if they know you need help, they can't help without knowing it. And then, and then how can they help? You know, those are some of the things. This is, this is what I'm uh, dealing with. Yeah. This is kind of the help that I need. And uh, I'm, I'm just, do you have any s- support that you can show me yeah. or suggestions you have? Some way out of what what's yeah. going on in my head. And I want, I hope, I hope that you and I and whoever else can, you know, like I, I mentioned, it's, it seems silly. It seems like semantics to not say struggle. And I get that sometimes it is a struggle, but just to kind of reword it. I yeah. wonder if we well, it's can call it a reframe. Yeah. Reframe it. Yeah. Um, it works for me. It's a silly tool trick, whatever, but it seems it works for me, you yeah. know? Uh, but I wonder if we can also change like defeat to, mm. A, a micro trauma, yeah. like, same as working out, you yeah. know, like I wasn't able to run five miles. I ran 4.8 and I'm going to do it again next week. And maybe I'll go like, cause you get, think about working out or yeah. doing jujitsu belts yeah. or doing a fight, you know, it's not, it's, it's making you better. You know, you, you, you get a, a 50 on a test, but then you see the incorrect answers. You didn't mm. fail that test. You had a micro trauma because next mm. time it's going to be 60. Yeah. And then you're going to run another test and it's going it, to like to, to build from it as opposed to it, just perspective. Right. Yeah. Like it, it helps me and it, and it doesn't help everybody like each to their own, but trying to reframe and rephrase those things where it's like, I didn't get defeated. I had a micro tear, you know, I, I failed on the third rep of squats or deadlifts or something. But in a month, I'm going to get five reps, mm. you know, so something to build from as well as something that beat you down. That's so good. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really hard on myself when I take a loss. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's, you just helped me reframe because I said this was one of my biggest defeats, yeah. you know, yeah. but actually it was, 
um, it was, it was one of the biggest opportunities. I, one of the things John Cavanaugh says and wrote a book about John Cavanaugh, who's, uh, Conor McGregor's coach. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm team Poirier all the way now, but, uh, yeah. the Laf- Lafayette kid, yeah, he's but, uh, kid. he's awesome both, but I really respected, uh, Connor's championing of how he would champion the words of his coach. It's not win or lose. It's win or learn. Yeah. You know? And so that mind, that reframe to, to say, Oh, in my head, it's not, I didn't just, I didn't lose. I learned. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. Like uh, I didn't, it wasn't the biggest defeat. Like that was my biggest learning lesson. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, that was like Edison, right. About the light bulb. He said, I didn't, he, uh, this is like something like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't fail a thousand times. I found a thousand ways to not make a light bulb. Something to that effect. Yeah. 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 Um, That's incredible. I love it. I love love that. Yeah. I love you, man. I love you back, brother. I'm really grateful. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm ditto. Yeah. yeah. Uh, This was, this was awesome. I think it's going to help someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all help help me. Help me. Help me help two people already. There you go. So two down. Yeah. uh, I'm, I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. Yeah. We'll we'll have to go on a double date sometime. Love to. Yeah. Love to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. We'll be here. We'll be around. Okay. We'll be playing pretend. We're, We're here. Yeah. Radical. Thank you for listening. Wow. Thank you for tuning in. Was that fun? It was a blast. Was that guy's awesome. Yeah. Well, he, he came in a hug machine. Just coming, hug just coming in and tackling people with hugs here at Hot Pie. Me, you, Matthew. Welcome to the team, Matthew, to Fight for the Forgotten. He's in the studio here today. And that was just a, a, a really great episode. But um, I'm just grateful for how real, raw, vulnerable he was. Um, you know, He's a guy that's driven by purpose. Uh, he's supported us, Fight for the Forgotten, Raiden. Um, he had started Always Keep Fighting to, to yeah. help people with depression, addiction, yeah. suicide. And he's kept moving forward with that. We didn't even talk yes. about his shirt, which is his new company that he co-founded, which is Mantra Labs. Yeah. And uh, it's gomantralabs.com if you want to go check it out. But Basically, they're creating supplements that give back. And that was even when I was like, oh, man, congratulations. This is really cool when he was leaving. And he was like, we give back, you know, and he Mm. he made sure to mention that. And what they say on their website, it says force for good. We can't fix what we don't talk about. And it. And every mental purchase you make supports mental health organizations and promotes mental fitness for everyone. And. Yeah, that's exactly what he was talking about, like being vocal about it and not being scared to share your story because mm. you never know who it's going to impact. And yeah. he's like really walking, walking the walk. Yeah. Well, I love that he started a company like that. I'm trying my first uh, cup uh, in the Walker, Texas Ranger mug of Rise <laughs> from uh, Go Mantra Labs. So thank you for that. Well, that that reminds me. I mean, this is for for this podcast. We are donating back to Fight for the Forgotten. Any sponsor of the show um, whether they actually give to fight for the forgotten or not, we will be giving. And hot um, pie is too. Yeah. And hot pie too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, any sponsorship dollar we get a percentage of that is going back to fight for the forgotten. Um, and I love that, that, that well, like on it, I mean, bring it up, go, uh, mantra labs. It, you know, they're giving back to that and on it has decided which, which he started. We both started with a, a alpha brain right before the show. And they're going to be giving back to fight for the forgotten in a big way. Um, like they get to, they let me talk about the fight club, but also on their website on, on it.com site wide to every single customer, whether they're found through this podcast or not. 
they're going to be matching dollar for dollar any donation that's given to Fight for the Forgotten. So I love that because that's a lot of work that the company has chosen to do to get behind Fight for the Forgotten, to get behind Overcome. Um, but it's, they it's believe a true in it. testament to you and Fight for the Forgotten. Like uh, it's, well, it just blows my socks off. It's crazy. So uh, it's not crazy. It's believable. It's wonderful. It's, yeah. it's like, yes, I can believe it. I Remember how believe we started it. saying that? And so I, I can't say that believe on my it. Podcast. Yes. I can right. believe it. And I can believe that on it is that great of a company that they're going to, uh, mm-hmm. be giving back and matching. So if, if someone goes to on it.com and they get one of the, uh, the products and uh, they donate there, you can use a discount code overcome and you'll get a discount. But if you decide to give to, uh, to fight for the free on that site, $5, $10, they'll become $10, $20. If you give a hundred, it right. becomes $200 They're matching everything, matching everything mm-hmm. which is incredible. I love companies like that. Like how we got to start with the honey and hickory tree farms mm-hmm. um, and on it. I mean, giving back in, in Jared's company too, giving yeah. back to giving mental back. health. That's what this is about. This is what this life is about is giving back. And you know what? I was thinking when y'all were talking about it, you know, you know, we've been talking about, it. I talk about it on my podcast. I've had some money things going on lately. And one day I was just like, I wanted to give and I didn't know what I could give. Hmm. And I just sat there and I was like, you know what? I can give my prayers and my good thoughts. And I just sat there and like, literally just like, thought mm. good thoughts and like radiated good stuff to everyone I could think of. And you by name, you started sending yeah. start about people by name. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, or even if you don't have names, I think that, you know, yeah. even if you just don't know what you can give, you can even just give your energy. Mm. Like, I think that anything counts. Yeah. It doesn't have to be money. It can be time. It can be presence and it could be just or yeah, call or whatever call mm-hmm. or text or even meditating on it. Like you said, because yeah. sometimes people, uh, you did a meditation, uh, this Wednesday. Well, you said, when this comes out, it'll be right month ago, but You're yeah, right. <laughs> but when, mid August, yeah. late August, but you did a, a meditation that, uh, I thought about, and you, you said, think about someone that, that, how'd you say that? It kind of gets in your skin. It was my green lights meditation. It was on August 25th and uh, I'm at real Amy Edwards. If you want to check it out, it's on my IGTV. And, um, yeah, I phrased it, uh, someone that's tough to love. I said, Mm. I think it's, think of someone that's easy to love that you love. And then I said, think of someone that's tough to love. Yeah. Send them love. Send them love. I think that was a powerful, it was challenging, but it was a powerful exercise to me because someone came up and I, was I like, knew exactly person, who you thought you of thought, too. You thought of it too. Um, funny the, the, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> I could give it away pointing at my shirt. I won't do that. Um, so, uh, well, it doesn't have anything to do with either one of these guys. Um, but, uh, cause I love these guys, um, especially Joe. Oh, your Chappelle and Rogan shirt. Yeah, my, my yeah Chappelle people and who are just shirt. listening, yeah. he's wearing a Chappelle and Rogan I shirt. I am. Today. Somehow this guy has something to do with the shirt, but it's not Dave Chappelle. It's not Joe Rogan. I love okay. those guys. Keep going. <laughs> yes, cut it out. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> send love. Send love to these great companies. Send love to this podcast. You can do that by liking, sharing, uh, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. And for those people on YouTube, we're trying to add something very special at the end of this. Jared and I talked about Raiden, and we're doing a docuseries. Uh, called Overcomer. It's going to be called Overcomer. And it's a six to eight part docuseries. But where it all started was with Raiden. Actually started with the Pygmy people, but then we wanted to connect the dots uh, to bullying and how I grew up getting bullied. The Pygmy people are the most bullied people in the world. We were able to help Raiden, uh, someone that was bullied in the most atrocious of ways. It was absolutely devastating, heartbreaking. I'm going to add 
one of the three-part episodes that was for my Instagram to the end of this episode on YouTube. And we'll probably add in another few of those as well. And so thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really, really deeply appreciate your time. Hey, don't forget to send your overcome stories to overcomepodcast at gmail.com. And also rate, review, subscribe, and follow Overcome with Justin Wren.